This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 14th of August. I can't believe it's the 14th of August. Seriously, I can't believe it. It's whizzing through, isn't it? It only seems like, you know, a few weeks ago we were singing Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly. And here we are heading into bonfire night. Oh, and then it's Christmas again, by the way, which is always good news. But we are racing through, I'm sure. And also I've got confused over when the car MOT is up and when that's got to be... Anyway, this week's going to be a a manic week. We're going to have to try and get as many things done as is humanly possible, including emptying the boot of the car. I always have to do this before I take the car in for a service, because otherwise it seriously looks like an extension of of where I live. It's terrible, really. Uh, Rachel Stevens says, I'll show my grandkids my sexy photos. Please don't, dear. Please don't. I don't know whoever said you were sexy. You know, photoshopping's very, very clever nowadays. Uh, Tampons breach equality. This uh, this copper who works for Sussex Police. I mean, everybody's been talking about him ever since we mentioned him on the programme. And uh, 50 Romanians arrested a day for all sorts of offences. I mean, it's seriously, it's, it's, almost getting, it's almost getting obscene, really, with the amount of people who get arrested. But Romanians seem to top the list. Car crime, money laundering, drugs, prostitution, they're all up there. It's, it's ridiculous. You could probably find other people as well. Uh, but nobody tops the list as much as Romanians. Rosemary cooks up a TV storm. This is Rosemary Schrager. I think it's Rosemary Schrager. Anyway, she was complaining a short while ago that there's too many cookery programmes on the television. Blow me down. She starts in another one. And you think to yourself, honestly, that's, that's all we've got nowadays, isn't it? Cooking programmes. And then with sort of a bunch of deadbeat celebrities. You know, it's the same people. Rebecca Adlington. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Who's the other one? They've got some other people in there. Oh, Stephen Hendry's doing a cooking programme. God, he must have fallen on hard times, poor soul. I can understand people doing it if they run out of money, but... You know, to be to be perfectly honest with you, I'm a bit bored with reality shows. I'd like to have a bit more substance, but we don't get that. Uh, Chloe, the truth will come out. Uh, this is uh, the girl who uh, was uh, allegedly kidnapped. She now fears for her life, saying they will come and get me. I thought, well, you're appearing on the television, on the uh, on the newspapers every single day. I mean, you know, it depends what you want to believe. Also, the latest strictly contestant, somebody called Simon Rimmer, whoever he is. I mean, Simon, I mean, I think he's one of those who does a, a cooking programme on the television. But again, no, he's not known. He's just a cook on the television or a chef or whatever he happens to be. So that's it. They all say the same thing. Oh, I'm looking forward to putting my heart and soul. I couldn't give a stuff. We've already got uh, on the show, you, because it's the BBC, they have to do everybody. So you've got to have somebody from an ethnic community. You've got to have somebody from a soap you've never heard of. You've got to have some sort of bimbo who's trying to sort of claw away into to fashion or fame or both. Uh, you've got to have a gay person and you've got to have... What else do we have to have? There was something else, actually. So far, we seem to achieve most of those. We have got somebody from a soap from ages ago. We have got a gay person. And as I said yesterday, the reason you know that they're going to be on the television is because all of a sudden they start popping up on programmes that you've never seen before. And they go, oh, look, there's... Oh, who are they? And then they go, so-and-so. You go, oh, wait a minute, I've seen that person's picture. They're going to be on the Strictly programme. It's just a bunch of people dancing around. Ruth Langsford will be on there. The bad news is you'll have to suffer with... The camera will cut to Eamon Holmes, taking up two seats uh, as he's sitting there watching and dancing. And, uh, and people will watch it because some will be good and some won't be very good at all. Uh, the Queen, they say, is preparing to take a back seat for the Prince Regent. No, she's not. No, she's not. And again, the papers have done today what I said to you yesterday would never, ever happen. They think that they're going to put Coo Stark into the jungle. I can only assume she must desperately need the money. 
Obviously, Prince Andrew's still not paying for her. Perhaps he should do. She's kept her silence over the years. She's never said a word about him. She's offered advice to Meghan Markle, apparently, about how to how to fit him with the... She only went out with him for 18 months, for God's sake. But uh, anyway, she's, um, she's slightly peculiar. <laughs> slightly peculiar. But if she goes into it, I feel immensely sorry for her. Because nobody's interested in Kustart. The producer's never even heard of her. Never even heard of her. And he's the sort of age group that I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, would be aimed at. It's not aimed at elderly people. Or You've never watched I'm a Celebrity. What do you do in your life? Your life puzzles me. Do you do jigsaws or something? Do you know what I've got at home at the moment? I should have brought it in for you today because it's driving me mad. It's a wooden puzzle. OK. And I think it's Japanese. And it's you, the, the, you can buy it now. I forget. I think they call it Wonderblock. And what it is, it's... It's two bits of wood together. In the middle, there is a hole. And in that hole is a coin. And what you've got to do is work out how to separate the two bits of wood. It's a nightmare. I've got one, but I've forgotten how to separate the wood. It's it's really annoying. It's about £40, £42, something like that. No, you won't find it on any of those. Uh, you will find it by putting in... Where would you find it? No, There are so many wooden wooden puzzles that you can buy. Nowadays, this is hexagonal, so it's called. No, it's not. It's no good putting in wooden. It's called Wonder Block. Two separate words. Wonder Block. Okay, uh, there it is, where it says Wonder Block. No, down, down, down. No, 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 no. There, and that's it. Okay, that's the Wonder Block, and it's you. It's it's um, seriously. It's driving me mad. How much is that one? Oh, $22. That's good. From a company called King of Magic. You cannot open this block. There is a way of doing it, and I can't remember. And so you see there's a coin there. It doesn't fit through that hole in the middle. But you watch within... Well, because in in a second, that coin will appear in the middle of that block of wood. And and the thing is, and you can sign it. It's it's, it's not a trick coin or anything like that. But what's absolutely amazing about this blasted thing is that the coin appears in the middle as you will see wait a minute look so you go along there you go so this is the one i mean i i bought this some time ago and you can see that it doesn't i don't know how it opens i have opened it in the past but i can't remember how i opened it i've tried every every way but loose and i had i was going to ask a friend of mine i said how do you open this blooming thing and apparently there's a new version out. So you watch, you, you watch, Julian, you'll like this. That coin does not fit in that hole, does it? So you put a little sticker on it. And, it's, and you can find this on the... So it's Wonder, separate word, Block. And you'll see what it is, because it says on the thing, Wonder Block. And it's, it sells for, over here probably about 30 to £40. Pounds. And this coin will appear in the middle of that, of that block. I mean, seriously, look. You literally go like that with... with um, with a handkerchief over the top of it. It's it's one of those, it's a puzzle. And I've had puzzle boxes before. I've got puzzle locks at home as well. You take the coin and you go, bing, and there it is. And it'll be in the middle straight away. It's as quick as that. And, and then you've got to work out how he gets it into the middle of the block. So there's a little glass on top, shakes it, ting, 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 ting. And there you go. And it's now in the block. There we go. And you... How it goes in there, I can't remember. I have done it, but I can't remember what it is. And I've been playing with it now for the best part of 24 hours. And I can't open it. <laughs> it's so annoying. It really is. So I've had to buy another one. Uh, just, I'm that stupid. I'll have to buy it. 
to, uh, to try and work it out. But the new one is called Wonder Block 2, which is a completely different method of opening the box. See? The Japanese love these mechanical boxes. There you go. That, that, that's the new method. That's where I've just ordered it from. There you go. And how much I pay for that? £39. That's the new version of it. it and seriously, I should have brought it in for you because you'll sit there for that, the whole programme and you'll never open it if you live to be 41. Or if I live to be 41. Anyway, uh, that, that was yesterday's. I was sitting there and I was on the phone to a friend of mine going, I can't do it. And he said, well, why don't you phone so-and-so? I said, no, because I want to try. Because I did open it before. I just can't remember how I opened it. I can't remember if it separates upwards or subwards. No, I've tried that. I've tried looking online. I've tried putting in Wonderblock solution. And it doesn't come with anything at all. Because if it did, I'd be a lot happier about life. But I thought, I'm so glad it doesn't come up online. Mm. God, we need that coffee this morning, I tell you. Uh, nice day yesterday. Lovely weather. Very lovely. Uh, what did I do? Nothing. We went for a walk round Regent's Park. That was quite nice. That was very pleasant. Dog hasn't collapsed since, so we're all right. And, um, and then got back yesterday and then sort of started emptying the boot out a little bit. Because I've got to try and whittle it down. It had about eight bottles of Prosecco sitting in the boot. And so I've had to take those out and chocolates and bits and pieces. I've, I've sort of removed all of that because I don't because when they go when the car goes into the garage, they sort of have to get into the boot to disconnect the battery. And they have to move everything. And it's, you know, there is so much stuff in the boot of my car. I, I can't help it. I'm just a, I'm just a hoarder. I'm one of those people who sort of collects things. However, at quarter to six today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have something for you which won't cost you a penny piece. Won't cost you a penny piece, and there's a good chance at the end of the month you could win a DAB radio. And it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything at all. So details coming up quarter to six this morning on Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is where the spike goes <laughs> right up through through the it doesn't go <laughs> like that. Spikes don't do that. <laughs> like that. That's the spike. And on Sunday the spike is there as well. And on Saturday morning the spike is there. And on Sunday evening the spike is there. So I hope that you've downloaded. I don't know if they're actually up available to podcast the in conversations. The little producer will have a check on that, which uh, I think would be uh, Stephen McGann and uh, Terry Deary. Amazing how many people love Terry Deary and Stephen McGann this week. You seem to be moved by both of the interviews, judging by the uh, the feedback I was getting. So let's have a look. Is it... Um, they're both there, are they? Is that there? Is that... It, Terry Deary and Stephen McGann. There you go. Look. A, went live yesterday night. Wow. Look at that great picture of me. Quite good looking, actually. If only it was current. Well, I don't, it was taken quite a few years ago. I can tell you where it was taken as well, actually, in a studio the other side of London, because Andrew Pearce and I were in at the same time. And that jacket, I don't know where the jacket came from, it might have been mine, it was held together at the back with pegs. Because what they want to do, to, so, you, so your jacket doesn't look all floppy, they sort of pinch it at the back and they stick pegs on it, so it makes it look as though it's a bit more flattering. It's good though, isn't it? I like the picture. I hate having pictures taken. I'm not a good picture-taking sort of person. But, you know, it's always interesting. What? I bet you don't like pictures being taken either, do you? I bet you're... No. I just just can't... I don't know whether to pose for it. Some people have got to pose for pictures, and I'm not one of them. I don't know how to do things like that, and I just look ridiculous. So I haven't quite learnt in all my years what's my, uh, what's my, my best side. I don't think I have a best side. Some people have got best sides... I'm not, I'm not one of them. Yeah, all right. That's a very posy picture, isn't it? Very posy. I won't tell you who it is, but it's a very posy picture. I just, I can't do it. Some people are very good at doing it. You think, I don't know, if I put my finger on my chin, does that make it look better? Or do that? I mean, I don't know. 
I, I really I seriously can't work it out. I just know whenever I look back at pictures of me, I think, oh, God, I don't look as I thought I did. You know, you've got an image in your mind of what you think. So I have my pictures taken with these celebrities every week for the In Conversation programme. And I always think, oh, that'll be a good picture. When it comes out, I go, they always look so much better than me, which I don't care too much about. Anyway, we take all your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. Um, so, oh, bad news. I've got bad news for you in a moment. I'm sorry, I don't like to bring you bad news, but this is really bad news. All after this, because it's 4.15. This is LBC. Successfully, Ben. Morning, you're very nice to have your company. 17 minutes past four, the bad news. I'm sorry to bring you bad news. I know it's Monday morning and you don't really want to hear this, but uh, I don't know how to break this to you, actually. It's a bit... I'll save it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> the old radio trick, keep them listening for another 10 minutes. Always works every time. No, the uh, the bad news is... Oh, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, uh, Tess says, did you get rid of your pigeons? We've got two and I can't get rid of them. Water pistols. Water pistols. They hate water. So I've got what they call a super soaker. And what you do is I, I'm, 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 I've got it off to a fine art now. We have a, an air conditioning unit and the pigeons, when they're going through their apparently means something in pigeon. I've probably just summoned half of Trafalgar Square into this building. And um, and they sit up there. So I've got this water. pistol. It's just like two tubes. I bought it in Costco and you just go suck up the water and they go and what I do before I do that I go so they associate with water about to land on them and they're off so the I'm training pigeons so consequently you go and then you squirt very shortly you don't need to actually squirt with water you just go and they fly out immediately because they're dreading the water and that's it. So it, it's water pistols. Or failing that, sort of tying them down to the road and running over them with the car generally works quite effectively. But there's one thing you'll... It is a bit cruel, but let's face it, the only good pigeon is a dead pigeon. The mess that they cause in London and the cost of the cleaning up operation runs into hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. They're the bane of everybody's nightmare. All the Looney Tunes people who go and feed them. Why don't you have them around your houses? Why don't you just invite them into the sitting room? You know, because people feed them. And now you see in London fat pigeons, fat pigeons. You know, I mean, they're just bloated. So uh, that's the only way to get rid of them. But you'll, you'll never do that. You drive around Trafalgar Square. There'll be one in the road pecking at some rubbish that's been dropped by somebody. And you think, I'm going to run you over. Vroom, like that. You look in your rear mirror and there it is, happily pecking away on the ground. So there's no way you can actually kill these blooming things. But the water trick is very good. But you can't do that in the car. Uh, somebody says, thank you for the uh, intro to Terry Deary via your good uh, interview. I reserved, says Michael in Vancouver, the woeful Second World War and the vile Victorians. Michael, uh, my local Vancouver library, Terry has more international appeal. Many of his titles are on the shelves. It's good, isn't it? He sold 25, 30 million books. 30 million books he sold, which is, uh, which is not bad, is it? Not bad at all. So uh, he's, and he's just over here, actually, at the theatre at the back, the Garrick Theatre, where they've got horrible histories on stage. OK, so the bad news. I better tell you now, get it over and done with. Um, I, I knew that there was something which, you know, little little misattention seeker, the one who's um, currently dallying around with uh, Daisy Lowe. Yes, this is Louise Redknapp, who uh, who left her husband and children to go gallivanting around because for some reason she's been moaning. And she did initially about the fact that she gave up her career, laughingly called, uh, so that she could bring up children. Obviously, now she seems to resent them. So anyway, she's going to be a pop star again. 
No, she's not. <laughs> Seriously. That's what she thinks, though. There's no chance of seeing Louise Redknapp on uh, any chart anytime soon, apart from where did they go to, where did they come from, why are they still with us programmes. You know, and that'll be the only thing. There's no chance. She just doesn't look right for the charts. She doesn't... Um, she was in Eternal. That was Donkey's years ago. Donkey's years ago. As far as I know, she's never sung a note since. So she hopes she's going to make a comeback. Obviously, Daisy Lowe said, you go for it, girl. You go for it. You could be a big star again. No, she wouldn't be. Let's face it, Sarah the bore Harding can't make anything of herself. And she stands a better chance because I think you find Girls Aloud had more hit singles than Eternal. Uh, and also, that's all she's known for. She's not known for anything else apart from a couple of reality shows. So if she really thinks it's going to work, fine. Waste your money or waste somebody's money. But it ain't going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, um, do you know that kids stop believing in fairies and magic at the age of six? Odd, isn't it? At the age of six, they suddenly stop believing in fairies. And um, and magic. Oh, well, actually, talking of magic, did you see in the paper the other day, we haven't had one for ages, and we've now got one, and 400 people have visited. What is it? A crop circle. Made by the students in Wiltshire. OK, that one. And this is on a farm. It's only just appeared, and already 400 people have been taking... We might even have pictures online. I just know it's a farm in Wiltshire. Uh, and it's a new crop circle, and people have been flying drones over to take pictures of it. Those students, honestly, they're so good. They do it just to wind people up, because the sad people who go, it's from outer space, and they go, no, it's students, dear. That's why it's Wiltshire. There you go, Wiltshire crop circle. There it is. It's another one of these uh, these ones. It's, uh, we've seen this this design before, actually. So helicopters and drones, uh, it's, uh, it's Wiltshire. They're all in Wiltshire. Because that's the uh, that's the best place for them, and it's students, and it's so easy. They have a graph paper. They have um, it's near Swindon, yeah. They all they all are. This is all very near a pub in the area where they all meet, and then they go and they uh, they sort of with a stick, and Wellington boots and a piece of rope, they make these uh, these circles. It's all done on graph paper. It's ever so easy, and so the the farmer. Shelley Kint has brought in a cherry picker so that people can go. Despite trying to keep it quiet, she said uh, online drone footage had attracted hundreds of people. And so, unfortunately for her, it's her crops. And so she doesn't want people wandering about in it. And it's, it's done quite simply. You'd be surprised how quickly they, they can do these things. And she said um, it's the first she's had on her land. I think it's the first... Because the students have kind of left it alone now because they know that people are watching. And the moment you see somebody out there with a light... And it's generally done by the light of torches and everything else. Uh, She said she's had visitors from all over the world. On Saturday, 130 people turned up to watch the uh, Perseide meteor shower. And uh, then at 4.30, there was a van with love on it, a man with a magical cape dancing around with incense. It drags all the loonies out, all the mad as broomstick people. And that's what it is. It's made by students. Always has been. Because creating them is a criminal offence. Farmers have been urged by the police. She says it's annoying, but she's been allowing people onto the land to see. It's about 60 metres wide, which means, she said, we've lost eight tonnes of grain. That's what they've lost. That's what these bloody students have done to her uh, her business. They've lost her eight tonnes of grain. So they're asking for a £2 donation to cover the loss of the crop, and they're trying to charge for people to go up in the cherry picker. But on Friday, it'll be gone because that's when they, they bring in the harvest and the heartache will be over. So these students, clever little people, have, um, have lost her eight tonnes of grain and that just by ruining. So that's, it's trespass. 
It's got nothing to do with, just in case you're a little bit simple this morning, I'm sure there will be somebody. It's got nothing to do with spacecraft or ETs coming in from outer space. It's students, OK? They, they do it in a local pub. And, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of things, actually. I mean, experts claim that, you know, a UFO was captured flying over a farm. Looney tunes. Looney tunes. It does not exist, OK? There is no such thing... Oh, there's a video as well. Lovely. It'll be a little light, won't it? It won't be anybody waving out the window. And uh, and that, that's what's so... They're very blurry. Even though you've got perfect cameras on your telephone, perfect cameras, the you know, state-of-the-art, millions and millions of pixels, all brilliant, and yet it's all, you know, it's all very hazy. You can barely see. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. You know, the only pictures we've got from somebody with a log floating down Loch Ness about 500 years ago. But the uh, the mad-as-broomstick locals are keeping an industry alive. And so they've got here, look, mysterious UFOs floating above fields in Wiltshire. And uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's, of course it's out of focus, because it's fake. It's fake, that's why. Pierre Beek is convinced the mysterious marks are the result of paranormal activity. You are mad as a fruitcake, matey. Pierre Beak. Honestly, it doesn't exist, OK? Have you ever seen, you know, an, a spaceship coming down and making this? What would be the point of it? What would be the point of making something? What would be the point of destroying a farmer's crops? There is no UFOs floating above fields in Wiltshire. It's drunk students, OK? That's what it is. He was, uh, he's decided years, and he's dedicated years of his life to investigating the circles, and he was stunned when he captured a number of bizarre balls of light. You're mad as a fruitcake. There's no balls of light hovering over the field. Uh, he says he's convinced the orbs in the crop circles are the work of the paranormal. You need to stop drinking, mate. Stop doing something. You're mad as a fruitcake. It doesn't exist, OK? They're made by students. End of story. You know, if you don't believe me, that's your problem. You're the one who's got the, uh, the sort of the knock on the side of the head, probably as a child, where you wanted to believe. Nice to believe in it, isn't it? That something comes down. And creates this. I mean, how does that happen? OK, how does that happen? Have they got special powers on board spaceships where they can flatten the corn as opposed to burning it? You know, and yet this huge craft making this thing is not seen by anybody at all. Nobody gets, you know, there's roads all the way around this place. Nobody, because it's a lie. They lie, these people. They lie. You can't help them. There's not something the matter with them. They've all got a few screws loose. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the trucking lunatics. Oh, blimey, are they truckers and um driving seen driving down the motorways sometimes with no hands on the wheel sometimes with a laptop sometimes with a television sometimes with a newspaper sometimes with a phone which they're texting on unbelievable seriously how we how we haven't got major accidents on the motorway is a is a miracle as far as i'm concerned uh also the tampons breaching Equality. This is some copper from Sussex Police. I mean, basically, everybody's taking the mickey out of him, going, haven't Sussex Police got anything to do? They've made no comment. They're distancing themselves from this mad policeman, who apparently is something to do... I mean, I don't know if he's gay or straight, but he's something to do with uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people. So I'm assuming he must be gay. He wouldn't put a straight copper in charge of something like that. But he now thinks that it's offensive to have female products written. You know, where you've got tampons and stuff like... He thinks that, that that's offensive. I bet he's single. Amazing. Fancy worrying about it. So he's written to Tesco and to Sainsbury's. <gasps> mad, 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 mad. Why do these people think that, you know, who are they telling us what to do? Do you think the police have got nothing better to do with their time than faff around like that? My God, we'll have to start changing things again. I find hot cross buns offensive. 
Let's cancel those. It's got the sign of the cross on there. I'm an atheist. What do I want that kind of thing rammed down my throat? And we eat the cross. That can't be good, can it? That can't be good for us. All these sort of things, you know. I'm, I'm sort of strangely sort of unimpressed by coppers who think that they're sort of telling us how to live our lives. Why don't you just go away and live your own life? And that way everybody's happy. You do what you want to do, and we'll do what we want to do. It's like Clark's shoes are in trouble now because they've got girly shoes for girls and boysy shoes for boys. Whereas the newsreader this morning, Paul Smith, is, I mean, it, it was moaning earlier on. He was going, oh, my feet are so cold, Steve. And uh, he didn't talk like that, actually. That was one of, he doesn't talk anything like that at all, actually. I don't know why I did that voice. But anyway, he's, he was wearing flip-flops. I said, it's cold. He said, it, it was hot yesterday. I said, where was it hot yesterday? So he comes in wearing his flip-flops, and all of a sudden his little feet turn blue, and so he's then got to put shoes and socks on. So, you know, what can you do? And then he's, he's, he's doing that thing from... Oh, I didn't tell you. I must tell you very quickly. He goes out the other way. His, his, his mum and dad are down from, uh, from Scotland. And he, he parks the car in Knightsbridge. How much do you think he paid to park the car in Knightsbridge? I can't remember how long he was in there for. I tell you, he was in there for four hours. Four hours. Go on. Eight pounds an hour? No, that was four at 32. He paid 45 pounds to park. I'd have told them to stick it. Anyway, 11 pound an hour. Something, 10, 10 and a half pound an hour. Ridiculous. Park your car. I tell you, I'd have expected to own the garage for that price. Thank you very much indeed. But anyway, what did he, what did he forget again? What did he forget the last time we went out for, for lunch? He forgot his wallet. This time he goes out with his parents. They had to pay for the parking. To pay for the parking because he forgot his wallet again. I'm going to have to get him one of those wallets on a chain, so that it goes in his pocket and it's there. It's attached to the side of his jeans, so that he doesn't lose the wallet. Because I tell you, if he and he's going, oh, should we go out for lunch today? I'm going, no. I haven't got any money now, not having paid last time. So, but forty-five quid to pay. I thought that was outrageous. Honestly, small wonder Knightsbridge is very expensive and the rest of us are poor as church mice. Anyway, LBC News Time, 4.30, and with the headlines, it's Paul Smith. A man of- Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Come on, Monday, out of bed. No, no, I, don't want, I didn't want to do it this morning either, but I did. I, I bounce out of bed. If you actually filmed me getting out of bed in the morning, you'd be quite surprised. I sort of, I sort of, I do bounce as if I'm on a trampoline kind of thing. I've got one of those memory foam... Uh, mattresses, which moulds to fit the shape of your body. Although, to be honest with you, when I actually get out of bed and look at the shape, I begin to think I'm horribly misshapen. Uh, Toby says, we need to arrest pigeons, not kill them, and retrain them for something useful. Crop circles, maybe. Perhaps we could train pigeons to do crop circles, to prove to all the mad people that it's just made by sad people. (laughs) It's students. That's the only people who can do it. There's probably other people who've tried, but I just love the way that, um, that people want to believe in the crop circles. I mean, it really is lovely. And then you go, of course, there were lights hovering over the field. No, there weren't. No, there weren't. Don't be so stupid. You know, there's the, you have to sort of knock these people down because I'm sick to death of these, the baloney that they come up with. And then you, you, you get them sitting on television programmes as well. That's the worst thing. You can always find people to be put on television programmes. I still can't get my head around the thing. Do you remember the other day? Diana's apparently ex-chauffeur, who was not driving the car the night she died, managed to get in to see her body. I I couldn't quite understand why nobody from the hospital has not been called to book over this. Well, you just sort of sell tickets or something, come and view Diana's body. You know, because he was was in the same room as her. He wasn't even driving the car. How do they know who he is? They're French. 
They don't know anything. They couldn't even find the car that caused the accident. So what's the point? Uh, little Julie had a, a good weekend too. Saturday, some retail therapy in Reading with Winnie. And Sunday was Zumba. I told you about Zumba the other week. Do you remember? There were some people arrested in wherever it was, Iran, for doing Zumba. Uh, and uh, because th- you're not allowed to do things like that. Honestly, some of the regimes in these other countries. But uh, I was reading up this morning on, uh, just in case we need it, uh, on North Korea and whether or not they're going to set off things and whether South Korea might suffer quite badly in bits of China. And uh, they reckon that within half an hour, Kim Jong-un can set off a, a nuclear warhead which in half an hour could hit America, San Francisco or something like that. And they reckon Seoul, he could hit in about three minutes. Is there something the matter with him? Has he got screws loose or something? Or is he really as thick as I think he is? I mean, it's only 35 miles to the border, isn't it? Yeah, well, sound a very good chance. I mean, you could literally annihilate the country quite quickly. But on the other hand, Looney Tunes bloke could probably do some serious damage. What with him and Donald Trump? It's like sort of the lunatics have taken over the asylum and they've got the red button as well. Or whatever colour button it is. All of your texts and emails on the programme this morning, so send them in now while I'm in a good mood, because later on it might actually change. I don't want to say that I'll be in a bad mood later on, but I might get a little bit too busy. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk. Heather's off to see 42nd Street. Very wise decision. Very wise decision. American in Paris, 42nd Street, Kinky Boots. Some really good shows in town at the moment, really. Really, 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 really good shows. Uh, what else we got today? Oh, we've got a lovely picture in, actually, from, uh, from Patsy, uh, with a picture of her, her three favourite men. That'll be me, Tony Paledri, and Neil as well. Look at us, honestly. Three good-looking people. It's sickening. So, uh, so that's a good picture. You know Christmas is not that far away, is it? What's the... Oh, here we go now. Here we go. It's coming in now. It'll be, um... It'll be one of those moaning about the... No, you're not a scrounger. It's just that you're convenient if you get your wallet twice. Once. Twice. Twice. Once. But you didn't have your wallet the other day when we went out to eat, and then when you go to the... Ga- do you remember at the fish and chip shop I paid again? You didn't have your wallet with you. I've left my wallet at home, you said, in the fish and chip shop. And then, and then the other day, with your parents having to pay for the parking. That's twice. No, no. Oh, no, I'm including all your family now. I've got your mother on the phone here. I tell you, she's on speed dial. I've got facts on you. I tell you, mate, I'm having you regress later on. Your mother's told me all sorts of interesting things about you and the Trossocks and things like that. So twice he's forgot. You watch. The next time we go out for lunch, it'll be, you're not going to believe this, Steve. And I'm going to go, what now? only gone and forgotten my wallet again. <laughs> you know, it's... it's, it's be, of course you were mortified. You laughed. You weren't mortified at all. You laughed as I had to scramble round in my Winnie the Pooh wallet to see if I had enough money before we get arrested by the police and taken into custody for having haddock and chips and onion rings and no money to pay for it. And I had two glasses of wine. I only had two glasses of wine because I thought you were paying. I wouldn't have had two glasses if I thought I was paying. What's the point? You're going to pay Thursday, OK. I thought the fish and chips was very good, actually. It was very nice, wasn't it? It was actually very good. And also, it, I quite liked it because it wasn't busy. It's not much good for them, I realise, but I quite liked it because it wasn't so busy. And she... It's how many four? There's two of us standing there. Like, you go, where's the rest of the coach gone? We're in the wrong place, I'm so sorry. We should have been at the Gourmet Burger Company. We've been in the Gourmet Burger. That was OK, wasn't it? Like, just down the road from there, just literally about four shops down. So we had that... Thick milkshake. You went to oh, you went to the Ivy. Oh, you been. Oh, right. Who did you take? Yep. Oh, right. 
The other half. You took, oh, right. What was it like? Good. Very expensive. Um, 45. Okay. That's all right. Food good? Should be from the Ivy. Should be. They've, they've got a reputation to maintain. So they've obviously done it from, from the main restaurant. Because they've just opened up all over the place. Looking identical. I bet it was full of yummy mummies with prams. Yeah, that's the only problem, isn't it? Those bloody prams, they're everywhere now. You go into Starbucks. Not that I go into Starbucks. But uh, they've got prams everywhere. It's like Pram Central. Have you heard of contraception? You know, I'm just only mentioning it. Maybe cut down on the amount of prams we've got all over the place. <laughs> I fancy a Chelsea bun, actually. We were talking about Chelsea buns the other day, and somebody said, where'd you get a Chelsea bun from? And they don't do them in uh, Marks and Spencers or anything. What were we looking for? What was that? I've got them in here. <laughs> took them out. I thought, if we leave truffles in there, you're going to be on them, aren't you? He went off for a massage the other day. <laughs> I can't tell you the story. I'll tell you when, it, I'll tell you when he's gone. <laughs> when he's driving home and then I get a rude message on my telephone. I can't believe you told that story about the massage. <laughs> anyway, you look well. You look good. You can go home now, can't you? Is Simon Cowell in to read the news again? We like Simon Cowell reading the news. It always adds entertainment to the programme. Oh, it's Simon Conway this morning, is it? Oh, right. Simon Cowell's obviously retired or something, just decided not to read anymore. I think it's thin on the ground for news this morning. I don't think there's as many stories out there as, as we want them to be. Oh, look, a story about Rangers v Celtic in 2000. Good Lord. Have you ever been to a... F- I'm, I don't know what I'm watching here. I'm watching Sky... Why have I got Sky Sport? I've got Sky Sport. What I know about sport, you can write on a grain of sand, ladies and gentlemen. Can you change it? I don't... I mean, to be honest with you... Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, dear. What are, I just can't get into... I, I cannot get into sport at all. I could sit here and watch it. You know who this is? I watch this. This is hard talk. This is Lance uh, What's It Black. That's Tom Daly's boyfriend. Husband. That one... Oh, you're not watching the same thing as I am. Yeah, you're watching hard talk. Yeah, you set it to the wrong channel. I've got hard talk on now. And uh, Lance something black is... Uh, it was quite interesting, actually. There's a man on a what? On a deck chair. Not on my television. There's not. There's nothing. I've got nothing. I've got a blank screen. It says, it says unclassified. The news channels have moved. It says here. It's all gone pear-shaped, hasn't it? We're doing so well. We started the programme. Now it's got data only written on there. It's like, it's like war games, isn't it? Do you want to play a game, Professor? You know, <laughs> let's play global thermal nuclear war. I've still got data only. I I've got a blank screen. It doesn't. I listen. I, I can cope. I've coped without newspapers on this program before, but for some reason now I've got a little thing on my other screen. Oh, you've got the new, new channel number. Gosh, honestly, I tell you, it's like trial and error this morning. It's trying like, trying to get. No, it's still it's still blank. Oh, wait a minute. There we are. Sky News. It's people. Doing uh, tug of war in a field. Is this what they're putting on Sky News now? Tug of war in a field. Oh God, how dull and boring is that? I should imagine up there at night they'll almost be sitting there going, "What should we do? Oh, let's do a thing on tug of war in a field." That's where a load of fat blokes hang onto a piece of rope. I did it as a kid. Did you ever do tug of war? No, probably not. Um, I was, I was sort of just, you know, you pull, pull, pull. The producer definitely can't have done it. I should imagine they'd have pulled you over immediately. Can't have lasted five seconds. I do. Did you not have tug of war in the Trossachs? Oh, you must have done. You not really. God, we used to have, every time we went away on holiday or at school, there was always a tug of war team. 
And there'd be somebody standing in the middle and they'd tie a little handkerchief round and then you'd watch it move onto the left or the right handkerchief. Well, you know, like a coloured bit of something so you could see where it, which side is, is moving. I've always wanted to go back and live in the countryside on a farm, a bit like the Beckhams. But their house is a building site at the moment, so there's no point. They can't get planning permission for anything. They keep getting turned down. And so they were hoping to be in in a few weeks. I don't know why. They bought this crummy house in Notting Hill, you know, which is full of people who don't talk to each other. And uh, and so they've now got, you know, so the Beckhams got this £31 million house. And have you seen in it? I bet it's really naff inside. I bet it's really naff. And so they're having this place built out in the countryside, but it's listed. And if somewhere's listed... You get dreadful problems trying to get planning permission, and they've put in for this and that. It's been turned down. And they were going to put in a swimming pool, but now they're going to put in a natural pool. Have you ever seen these before? This is a pool. You can have them dug in the countryside in certain places. And what it does is you dig it down, and it fills up with, with water and, and reeds and everything else. You're swimming through reeds, but it's a natural... It, basically, it's sort of a lake or a pond, and you can have them. Look, like this here, and, and it's it's got things growing in it. Oh, I wouldn't want to swim in anywhere that had things growing in it. Thank you very much indeed. I can't think of anything. Look, people swim in this and it's got water lilies and oh, no, thank you very much indeed. Honestly, I'd rather have the little green men making a crop circle. Far more entertaining. Anyway, nice to have you company. If you have joined us this morning, it's LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, Muhammad Ali's life story to be made into a musical. I don't know whether or not we're ready for something like that. I'm really not too sure. Uh, Ant McPartland, on his telly return, he said he wants to go back when he's ready. He's trying to uh, piece his marriage together. Not that there's anything the matter with it. It's just that the wife's put up with a lot. What was amazing is that Declan didn't know anything about his, his addictions. It's amazing you can keep something, you know, that quiet. Uh, also, the Queen preparing to take a back seat for Prince Regent. No, absolutely not. She's already made that promise that she will not step down in favour of somebody else. She's the Queen until she dies. Uh, also, the other one. Oh, yes, the Met Firearms Police given head cameras after shootings. Very good. They're given to loads of other people. Why not the Met Police? Why should they be second class citizens? You see people all over the place, don't you? Though I was watching some uh, the police arresting some tow rag yesterday somewhere, Slough or wherever, and uh, and as usual, you know, he's 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 absconded from somewhere and he was caught breaking into somewhere. So they put handcuffs on him, but there's loads of room, and he's going ow 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 ow, and I thought you big girls blouse, and then he starts swearing at the police officers. Then they say sit down on the pavement. No, I don't want to get my, my clothes dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they found his DNA all over the thing, so he was charged, went off for, I think it was, uh, eight months in a, in a reform centre, which is good news. They're all so clever, aren't they, these little people? Lots of mouth, no action, no action at all. And um, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the um, Colleen in despair. Colleen, who they've tried to tart up and sort of make her look classy, but, you know, we know what she looks like all the time. You know, we're not interested in dressy-up pictures, but apparently uh, Wayne doesn't do housework. He's a footballer. Why would he do housework? It's got to be the dumbest interview I've ever read in my entire life. Also, he won't put the bins out. He's a footballer, dear. Yes, can't, you, can't you afford a cleaner or something? Are you, are you that short of money? They're supposed to have 82 million quid. 82 million quid, blimey. That's quite a number of cleaners, isn't it? Oh, I'm late now. 13 minutes to five. After me, white supremacists. White supremacists in America. Donald Trump didn't... Uh, Make any uh, any big deal about it. I only mentioned it this morning because it's in the newspapers again. Thank you. Somebody said I was doing a very good impression of Mrs Doubtfire when I thought I was doing an impression of you. Which, because it's, <laughs> you, Virginia, you don't fear. And I thought it doesn't sound at all like Paul Smith. 
sound completely different, don't you? Thank you. <laughs> Off he goes. Into the night. Actually, I was thinking the other day, I was watching Mary Poppins yesterday. I d- don't ask me why. I was going through DVDs and I went, oh, I've got it in, um, what's that super duper thing? Um, you, you get DVDs and you get soup. Blu-ray. That's right. I had it in Blu-ray. And and the opening... Sorry? Yeah. Oh, good God, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And and it's such a good film. I love it because I love the orchestrations and I love everything else. And I just thought it was a good, it was a good children's film. But the interesting thing is at the very beginning of the film, there is this look of London as it comes in over Big Ben. It's a drawing. And I'd love to know where the drawing is, unless they probably threw it away afterwards. But I would like to think that Walt Disney kept it. Uh, because he loved that kind of thing. And and it does this. And you look over London and you think, wow, that is a place to be. Imagine if you ever work in... It must be like working in all the big cities, but there's something about London. Big Ben, the River Thames, the bridges going over, you know, and it's that opening shot. There it is. It's that opening shot. No, right, right, right. That one there of sort of looking at London, and it's just beautiful. It's, I mean, the other thing is, since this film was made back in, well, whatever it was, the 60s, London has become so built up now that it really is absolutely chock-a-block. But when you look at the smoke, and there would have been loads of smoke and fog over London before they brought in the Clean Air Act, and you look at St Paul's Cathedral, now you look at St Paul's Cathedral, and it's dwarfed. It's dwarfed by the buildings. Go on Waterloo Bridge. Any taxi driver will tell you. You look on Waterloo Bridge and, and the, the, the picture in... Yeah, there are, there are protected view lines. Really? Oh, Richmond Park, you can see. Oh, right. So you can see. But this is interesting because when you look around St Paul's now, there is all these huge, huge buildings. They tap the shard, towers over it. You must go, actually. You must really go. Because it's... Uh, oh, they've cancelled the, car- the carnival, have they? St Paul's 2017. The carnival's been cancelled, has it? Oh. Where is that? Is that uh, Bristol? St Paul's in Bristol? I think St Paul's carnival aiming for 2017. Oh, I thought it said it was cancelled. Is it, is it cancelled or is it not? Oh, no. Fine. <laughs> All these people getting ready going, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I thought it said cancelled. But London's skyline has changed completely over the years. I'd love to go back, wouldn't you? Look at... Wow. Yes, you look at the LBC logo. I've got some of the LBC uh, advertising uh, posters, which show 24 hours in the uh, in uh, in a day of LBC. It's lovely. 35... God, you can find anything on the internet now. Isn't it absolutely amazing? 35 years of LBC radio jingles. God, I've known every single one of them. Every single one of them. It's very interesting. I've got all sorts of memorabilia tucked away. Some of it it's, uh, probably hasn't seen the light of day for ages and ages and ages. But uh, very interesting, isn't it? That uh, even now, with uh, figures at record levels, I can still get excited looking back at things. And I'm not an anorak by any stretch of the imagination. I don't, you know, I don't do radio conventions. I don't do... I can't talk about radio because, to be honest with you, I don't know anything about it. But I've got friends who are in it and who can make radio stations, can build radio stations, can build everything. I can't do anything like that. I can't even drive a desk. Seriously, I cannot even drive a desk. You'd think after this amount of time I could do something. But I can't. I just sort of I just sit down with a microphone and marvel at the idea that you speak into this thing here. And through these wires, 
And for some, uh, I don't know how it works, it then gets up to the roof and then that beams it out and then it goes to Crystal Palace and it beams it out and then you can go round the world and you can listen to LBC live as we're doing it. How does that work? I have no idea. I'm, I'm in awe of the whole thing. I'm always fascinated. I like listening to radio, but I just don't know anything about it, as this programme bears witness. <laughs> Only joking. Uh, so the row over the Clark shoes will come to a little bit later on as well. Uh, plus um, the kids. Why do they stop believing in fairies and magic at the age of six? Is it because they're very cynical or is it because they just they just don't believe in things? I mean, at what age do they not believe in Father Christmas? At what age is that? Is that an age that, you know, children now... And does Father Christmas go around the world? You know, if you were in Namibia, do they have Father Christmas? Is there somebody similar who comes along? Is it something that's sort of just for us and the Americans? Or is Father Christmas everywhere? When we were in Hong Kong, we had St Nicholas. St Nicholas turned up. He looked like Father Christmas, but he was St Nicholas. And Scandinavia do, do the same thing. But I remember when we were at the Royal Yacht Club in Hong Kong, and I've got it on, on cine film. My father cine did. And we went down there, and, and it was St Nicholas who turned up on a boat... You know, again, with, with the red and the um, and the beard and all the rest of it. But he wasn't called Father Christmas. He was called St. Nicholas. And he had two little boys with him. One had a list, a, a book, with um, all the good boys and the good girls' names in. So they, they got presents. And the other one had all the bad boys and girls who didn't get presents. So you had to make sure you were a good boy and girl to make sure that you get them. But at the age of six, if they stop believing in fairies and magic, that's a bit disappointing, isn't it? You think it should go on for eight? Because I still believe in some of this stuff. I like to believe in it. I want to go back. I, I see images of Christmas on jigsaws and pictures around the festive season. And I just love it. Snow as well. I mean, snow for me is the is the absolute clincher. If there is ever a picture and it's got snow on it and a robin sitting on a garden gate that's half open, that for me is like, that's it. I'm as happy as uh, as anything. I really am. I, I love stuff like that. It's strange, isn't it, that you sort of get all these things. And you have these images with you for the whole of your life. And it doesn't actually change. In fact, it actually, it actually gets stronger. And we did go the other day. Do you remember the, the, the producer, Chris, and I? We went on a Google search through the little village where I used to live. And we found the little lane. But the car obviously hadn't gone down our little lane. But I knew it was ours because there was a car parked at the end. And that's where, that's where we would park, outside our house. And as far as we can see, it's still the only house in the lane, which means that the little forest next to us, more a woodland, really, where we used to play as kids, would be there. God, you could have so much fun as kids playing in woodland. You know, really, you know, building debt. We never thought about anything like snakes or anything. I'm sure there must have been snakes up there. We never thought about things like that. We just wanted to play. And playing was uh, was good fun, very good fun. Uh, when we come around to doing the uh, the papers, which indeed we will do very shortly, uh, we'll look at um, the blood tests in chemists and GP waiting rooms. Seven million people go undiagnosed. That's why you know heart disease is is fatal for so many people. Uh, also, the uh, I'm a celebrity ant. They say here, putting marriage at risk. No, he just wants to make sure that his wife's okay, which is quite normal. He's going to be fine. Honestly, he looks he looks great. He looks great. So he's winning his fight against drug addiction. Um, they've also got the Viking diet, whatever that is, um, which is in the mirror today. I'm sick to death of diets. Aren't you? I mean, don't, you know, why don't we just sort of give up on diets and just enjoy ourselves? Uh, also, the... Um, 
The Spice Girl, X1, Jerry Horner, has revealed she'd be happy to have more children. Yes, I think so. I don't see any reason why not. She can still have them. Uh, also, the ex-Royal Navy chief warning over the nuclear threat, get all Brits out of Korea. How many Brits are over there? Are there lots of Brits in, in North Korea? I'm not too sure. And also, the 134 Grenfell families still living in hotels. I went past it the other day when I was coming back out of town, and they appear to have scaffolding going up around it. They're obviously going to clad the building, and so you can't uh, see it. It's been there as sort of that, that beacon that shines out, which is a memorial to the people who died there. But there's 134 of them still living in hotels. They've yet to be rehomed. Do you think we've actually forgotten about them? Is that what we've done now? Do you think we just go, oh, that was sort of, yeah, that was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? And now we're we're moving on. There's other things to talk about. You think, not for them there's not. Not for them there's not. My God, honestly. Getting back on the beach with the Sunhill gang. I love it, the fact that they're they're actually our favourite cop show. It ran for for 26 years. You know, and they should bring it back. They should absolutely bring it back. Because my friend... Graham Cole, who played PC Tony Stamp, appeared in 1,210 episodes. He's got an award as well. He was given an award. Not for that, but his, his uh, charitable works. He's such a nice man. Him and his lovely wife, Cherry, and their kids. They're, they're sort of really super family. He's such a nice man. Seriously. I always say that. They're, they live out of town at the moment. And he sort of he tours and he does pantomime and stuff like that. He's a, he's a past water rat president he's uh, he's just a really really nice man we're like oh look at this i'm not saying i always run late don't i coming up to the news at f- what is it what is it about me and timekeeping not so good war on heart deaths and uh, hopefully there are some nhs stories in the papers today which we'll get round to uh, left-handed children still penalized why is it there was a very famous there probably still is left-handed shop in london where they sell stuff for left-handed people because most of it's, you know, you know, people... I mean, I can't write with my left hand at all. I've tried. It's just ridiculous. It's awful. Also, new laws to protect 10 million people who book holidays online. Rain, thunder and gales set to storm in. Oh, whoopie-doo. Uh, Muhammad Ali's life story has been made into a stage musical. And uh, those trucking lunatics up and down the motorways. There's going to be carnage if we're not careful. On FM, online, on your mobile... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Of course, you might have worked the weekend. This might be your your holiday. This might be your sort of rest day, in which case you're probably thinking, oh, I can go back. I sometimes do that when I get a day off, which actually I don't really get sort of days off. I get the Saturday, but sometimes I wake up early and then think, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a bit of a treat. And then you go, right, I'm going back to sleep again. So you wake up early, have a cup of coffee, and then you climb back into bed again. And that I quite like doing. I'm quite good at doing things like that, but I only do it every so often. Because years ago, and we were talking about this to Rachel Riley, she said she could stay in bed till 12 o'clock every day. And I said, I used to. I used to be able to do that. Now, I don't like to waste the day, so I like to get up. In fact, I was up so early the other day, nothing was open at all. Not a little bit disappointed. Anyway, it is nice to have your company. Uh, we take all your texts and emails, 84850, uk. We don't take many prisoners on this uh, programme, because we're not, uh, we're not that sort of programme. But uh, we're interested in what goes on in the newspapers. We're interested in sharing it with you. And this morning... Um, I've got something for you. About quarter to six, which I'll tell you about a little bit later. It's not going to cost you a penny piece, but you could be in with a chance of winning a DAB radio. For nothing. For nothing. We're just like that. It's just one of those, one of those nice things that we do. Um, the, uh, the model, Chloe, 
who sold her story to the Mail, I think it was the other day, about this kidnapping, this bizarre story. I can't quite get my head around it at all. She says, I could still be hunted down and killed. I don't know why. Why would she be hunted down and killed? These people wouldn't want to be, you know, they're not in this country, are they? I thought they were in Italy. But uh, And also, but she keeps appearing in the newspapers. It's almost like we're sort of keeping this story going, and I don't know why. I would have thought she'd wanted to put it right behind her. But uh, it appears not to be. Uh, the Beckham's latest monstrosity, they've run into difficulty, the same as a lot of people do, planning. Planning is a big problem. So they've got these, I think it's grade two listed barns, and it's out in the country somewhere. And they've got the land around. They wanted to do this and put a swimming pool in. And the council keeps saying, no, you can't do that. And you've got to do this. I think they wanted to retile one of the roofs. And the council said no. And so for eight months, they're just sort of sitting there. Should have been completed ages ago. But I don't understand how many places they want. They had a place in Sawbridgeworth, which was, uh, it was okay. You could see it in the winter because all the trees were sort of cut back. And you could see right through to the house. Which How much time they spent there, I've got no idea. And I'm assuming every house they've got, they must have security in when they're not there. So in America, you know, is there somebody looking after at the moment? Because they, they seem to flit between here and Los Angeles. Then they've got the house in Notting Hill, which sounds like a ghastly monolith. And I don't know how they're working this out with the schooling. I don't know how it works with the, with the younger kids. I'm not even sure. Because I thought by now we'd have had pictures of Harper going to school in the morning, being taken by a father who's not really doing anything at the moment, and the mother who seems to spend less and less time with the family until somebody points out that they're spending less time with the family, and then all of a sudden you get the, the concerted effort. Uh, I didn't watch over the weekend... Uh, Big Brother. I wasn't remotely interested in Big Brother. I'm sick to death of boring, tedious people with no talent sitting on the television just doing nothing. Just doing nothing. It was that boring. You know, after all the tantrums and tears from Sarah Harding and the sort of, you know... I mean, she's 35. I find it quite disturbing that a 35-year-old is so immature and doesn't seem to have grown up in any way, shape or form. Uh, Plus, summer summer loving in the paper today. I don't think we're going to get... I think summer's finished. It's seriously a bit chilly. You know, I was up until about three weeks ago, I was just coming in in a, in a short sleeve shirt. Now I've got a jacket and very shortly I might be putting on a thicker jacket, I think. Summer loving can be sexy fun, they say, by the beach. Who goes to the beach in this weather? First thing in the morning, it's freezing. I spoke to a friend of mine, she's in Brighton. And um, I said, oh, it's very cold in the morning. She said, no, it's lovely here. I said, no, the time I get up, it's cold in the morning. Take my word for it. It's definitely a bit, a bit frozzy poos. And beetroot burgers. Have you ever heard of such a thing? A beetroot burger. So it's replacing beef burgers. I only used to like, and it's only because it's a childhood thing, there's probably other ones are available, um, bird's eye beef burgers with onion. Because I used to think they used to taste like a beef burger tasted. <laughs> you know, now you can get other beef burgers made out of fillet steak and all this kind of stuff. But um, beetroot burgers, and I mentioned it to the producer, he doesn't like beetroot at all. He's not a beet. You could tell by the way he turned his nose up at it because he doesn't do beetroot. Whereas I, I, I love beetroot. I'm convincing myself it's good for me. I'm convincing myself that, that it, it's it's good for whatever it is because I seem to have survived this far. You know, we haven't we've had a few little scares and bits and pieces done, but nothing nothing particularly major. And I'm putting it down to my love of beetroot. And Paul Paul Cooper sells it in the shop, either cooked or uncooked. He actually cooks his own beetroot in the shop. He's got to sit in there for ages and ages. Much easier when somebody else does it for you. Uh, Andy says, not believing in fairies and elfin life does not mean it doesn't exist. Yes, it does. (laughs) Toby says, I can just about get my head around Trump and Kim Madness, but one thing I'll never understand is people who keep their sofas wrapped up in plastic for fear of damage. Who does that? Apart from Ruby Wax's uh, mum and dad. And uh, I've always hated football, Steve. Always in the goals at school. 
I'm 46 now. My brother said, you need to go and see a football match for real. You'll love it. So I'll give it a whirl. So three of us went to watch Arsenal and Aston Villa about three years ago. Well, arrest my case. It was so boring and freezing, says Rob. I couldn't wait to get home after ten minutes. Plus, nobody scored. Riveting. Rob's in Lancashire. It's the biggest Aspen district in the world. I've never seen a football match either. I've never seen a rugby game, and I live in technically the home of, of English rugby, but I've never been there. I see all the people going to it, and I'm sure they all have a lovely time, but it's just not for me. It's like, you know, I'm into sort of different things. I'd rather go and sit watching a musical than I would watching a football game. But people like going there. The fans are great. They put the scarves on. They got the, the kids love it. It seems to run in families, doesn't it? You go to certain places, I'm assuming like, you know, Manchester and uh, places like that, uh, Birmingham, wherever else, and, and people are passionate about their football. The one thing that I could never actually understand at all, how anybody could ever be passionate about, about football, because it just doesn't interest me. But I, don't, I never knock it, though. I just think it's boring. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, the Sun, uh, this morning, they've got uh, Muhammad Ali's life is going to be made into a, bless you, into a musical, a stage musical. Isn't it a bit, you know, I don't know, actually, whether or not... This is uh, David uh, Sonnenberg, the man behind Meatloaf stage hit, Bat Out of Hell, is now on the hunt to find a suitable actor to play Ali. Do we really want a, a, a musical about Muhammad Ali? Sorry, I'm just having to open my milk this morning. <laughs> I still haven't bought any porridge, by the way. Much as I sort of... I wanted to last week. I said, oh, I should really go and get uh, porridge. Hold on. Okay. I should really go and get some porridge, because apparently it's really good for you. And then I keep forgetting about it, because I can't remember which porridge I'm supposed to be buying. I think because some of them have got loads of sugar in and all that kind of stuff. And so I only want something, something really good. Uh, also, uh, chef and Sunday brunch host Simon Rimmer is the seventh contestant for Strictly. It's a bit of a non-entity pile, isn't it, really? I mean, there's nobody of any note, really. So far, you've got Molly King, yawn, um, Ruth Langsford, and Simon, and then a couple of other people. He thinks he's got the recipe for success on the show, like anybody cares. I mean, do, is, I mean, is your is your career going to be boosted by being on Strictly? I shouldn't think so. Especially not if you're booted out very quickly. Because some people will, will not do very well, will they? Some people will actually sort of do do quite badly. Is it safe to come out yet? That's Prince Charles and Camilla. Seen out for the first time since the Diana tapes were broadcast. Uh, Camilla grinned and she was looking very happy. Uh, a lot of people were talking about the relationship with Diana and the Camilla affair. Uh, and also a book alleging new details on the Paris crash that killed Diana and lover Dodie Fired has been blocked by his tycoon dad, Mohammed, who is 88. Mohammed El Fayed is 88. Uh, Mr Fired had initially cooperated with the author, Michael Cole, but changed his mind over Diana and Dodie. The truth, said the publisher's bite back. So the book's, the book's been shelved. So wasted all that time. But as I say, you're not going to be arguing with Mohammed El Fayed's lawyers, I wouldn't have thought, any time soon. Uh, Kirsty Gallagher devastated after being charged with, uh, with drink driving. And, um, and that was 11.30 in the morning. She was weaving about all over the place. The trouble is, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I weave about. Not all over the place, it has to be said. But I did it yesterday. And the worst thing is, for me, if you're, if you're driving along and you see a police car right behind you, it's like a laxative, isn't it? It really is. It puts the fear of God into you. Because even though you think I've done nothing wrong, I'm all legal, I've got the insurance, I've got the MOT, I've got the car tax, it's just that you think, oh, my God, they're going to pull me. And then you think, 
I've got the seat. I've got the seatbelt on. Okay, that's fine. But you still drive badly. Sometimes you get a bit close to the white line. You think I bet they're looking at me, going, "Let's pull him." And I've never been pulled yet. In all my years, I've never been pulled. What a what a horrible admission, ladies and gentlemen. It's just one of those things, isn't it? I always want to be. Told you driving down to my mother's one Christmas because she used to work for the uh, for the police in Oxfordshire, and. Um, and I wanted to be put, and I never got pulled up. Loads of police cars passed me, and I thought, oh, go on, stop me, please stop me, because I know I'm sober. Although you, you do, unfortunately, if you're driving on over Christmas, you do get stopped a lot by the police, because they're working on the assumption that, you know, Christmas Eve, we've all had a few sherbets and things like that. But, of course, I tend not to work like that. I don't drink, you know, in the same times that other people drink. I'm sort of drinking, you know, before I have my, my tea, and then I go to bed. So by the time I get up in the morning, I should be reasonably fine. Well, I think so, anyway. But um, it, it was one of the, I was always desperate to be stopped, desperate to be stopped, and it never ever happened. I was almost a bit angry about the whole thing. Shocking pictures of drivers at the wheels of 44-ton lorries. That's a big lorry. And they're trucking lunatics, they are here. There's one person on the, uh, the M1, clearly visible. Clearly visible. You can see his tattoos up his arm, and he's on his telephone. People don't care. One of them using his elbows to steer. Uh, one reading and driving. Uh, somebody eating and driving. You see, I think if you're allowed to smoke at the wheel of your truck, what's the difference between that and eating? It's like, what, what is the reason that you can't use your telephone? Well, you can, provided it's hands-free. Perhaps these people are peasants. Perhaps they can't afford hands-free. But they're driving 44-tonne lorries, and that's, that's the danger. That is the danger. So, uh, the S-Club beauty, Rachel Stevens, well, it is when it's posed and, um, and airbrushed, of course, joins MasterChef. Who are the high friars we've got this time round? Here we go. Citizen uh, Khan. This is Abdullah Afzal. Never heard of him. Have you heard of Kate Botley? She's apparently the Anglican vicar and Gogglebox regular. Another bore, I'm afraid, on the television. Tiger Drew Honey. His father's a, a porn star, by the way, in case you don't know. He's, uh, he presented a show about porn, and that's about it. He's not really done very much since then. He's OK. He's not sort of particularly interesting. He was in Outnumbered, that's right. And uh, I, should I should imagine featuring in his recipes baps and sausages. And, um, well, you know, why not? People like baps and sausages. Uh, Rebecca Adlington calls herself Becky Adlington. Boring, 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 I'm afraid. How many more blooming programmes can you do? You know, can't you find anything else? Very dull. Uh, also, Vic Reeves. Uh, uh, also, Ulrika Johnson. Good Lord. Uh, Stephen Hendry. He was never exciting, was he, as a snooker player? And um, Debbie McGee. She'll be bubbly. She's always bubbly. But it's just that some of them on there, Tiger Drew Hunt, honestly, how embarrassing. What are you doing, darling? You're cooking, are you? But your father must be thrilled. Uh, it must be odd if your father's in the porn industry, mustn't it, really? You know. Yes, he did, a, he did a thing about the porn industry as he was sort of growing up because people obviously go, oh, your father's a porn star. And um, I think his, father, his, his father's got a name. I can't remember what his name is. It's, that's right, it's Ben. And then that place down on the coast where you take the ferry across to somewhere else. <laughs> Trust you to know. LAUGHTER Oh, yes, travel. I knew there was something. It's uh, five, so five, sixteen and a half with the LBC Travel this morning. Joanne Webb. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 5.20 is the time. Welcome to Monday morning. I know. Horrible, isn't it? Somebody goes, welcome to Monday, and you go, oh, is it really? 
Isn't it Sunday still? No, sadly not. Bad news, Louise um, could be returning to music. This is Louise Redknapp, I think highly unlikely. But um, she apparently has been back in the studio working on the touring musical Cabaret. Based on that, she thinks that people are going to be remotely interested remotely interested in seeing her back in the charts. Has she heard what's in the charts at the moment? Nothing the like of which she could ever do, I don't think. But uh, anyway, she uh, did a, a snap of herself in the studio with a group of friends. She plans to release new music when her stint in Cabaret fin- finishes in December. Oh dear, must she? Anyway, she was out with Daisy Lowe again the other night. They seem to be almost joined at the hip, don't they, ladies and gentlemen? Almost too joined at the hip. Uh, also, Leonardo DiCaprio. And here's poor old Gemma Collins. Good God, honestly, I thought her day is finished. Together with poor little um, Bobby Bobby Cole Norris. I thought his career finished. I never thought it took off, actually. What, what did he ever do? Nothing. But anyway, five years ago, this is Gemma Collins telling James Argent, otherwise known as that plank... Uh, you ain't ever going to get this candy. This is what she said in uh, 2012. Remember at one point she slapped her bottom and went, you, can, you know, you ain't going to be going here. I thought, well, he's been there before. He's not, you know, it's not exactly new. And candy, it ain't. It's like an entire factory, isn't it, really? But, uh, also, they've got a few other people. Um, uh, Lauren Pope and Georgia Kasulu. They're filming in Marbella. It's all, they're all just a bit dreary. I fail to understand why in Towie there's only one gay in the village. And a dreary one he is too. Uh, Lauren's joining the show this summer, two years away. You know, because obviously nothing really took off for her. She just did a few sort of things. But um, they, they all sort of, you know, it's it's so dreary. They're all so ancient now. I mean, you know, it'd be all right if Gemma Collins looked her age. But I mean, she looks about three times her age. You know, she is like somebody's old grandmother who sits there. She's way past it. They should have replaced them. The trouble is, the truth be known, they can't find anybody. They really can't. The ultra PCPC sexist Simon. I knew this one would pick up after we did it on the programme yesterday. This is uh, a hate crime police officer. Has warned supermarkets. Has warned, if you please, supermarkets that feminine care signs on women's sanitary products breach gender equality rules. Oh, my God. Why don't they just zip their mouths up? This is Sergeant Peter Allan... He told Tesco and Sainsbury's the labels were discriminatory because men might want to use the product. Oh, grow up, for God's sake, honestly. We don't need to be patronised by people like you, thank you very much indeed. He suggested it should be changed to personal hygiene or personal care. Some viewers uh, and users found his comments so ridiculous they thought they were from a, um, a parody account. And uh, somebody says, I have checked tampons were used for feminine hygiene. Any... Uh, any male using them, really not supposed to be. Sergeant Allen, who works for Sussex Police, found himself being ridiculed after he tweeted a picture of Sainsbury's feminine care shelves. Perhaps he's got a screw loose or something. I've never heard of anything like it, have you? Beneath it, he wrote, it's an issue of gender identity. Men may use the products. Indeed, men's products were on the shelf. Personal care, perhaps. He then tweeted a similar picture to Tesco, saying, need to update, especially with products for men on the shelf, personal hygiene, perhaps. What a bore he turns out to be. Sussex police must be really wringing their hands, I should imagine. He said, what about your other stores? Should all be gender neutral, if mentioned at all? But uh, somebody responded, two weeks to get a call back after a burglary, because you're too busy policing words. Craig Jenkins says, chill out, mate. 
solve some actual crimes. Sainsbury's said its signs were to help customers easily find their... Of course they are. This man's an idiot. Just because he's a police officer doesn't mean that he's, he's you know, on the right on the right target at all. Why don't they just mind their own business? Interestingly, Sussex Police declined to comment. Well, you're employing him. Is that what he does now? He goes around supermarkets looking at tampons, deciding how we should have them described on the shelves. There's something the matter with him. But uh, because he works for Sussex Police, I'm sure he works for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community. So whether or not that makes him gay, I don't know. But I'm sure he must have better things to do with his time than faff around. I mean, dear Lord above, honestly. Haven't the police got better things now? Are there not crimes that need sorting out? Obviously not around Sussex. Uh, Wayne's uh, Keeper Wayne, ruse banned from Kid Footy. Uh, this is Wayne Rooney, banned from watching his kids' footy matches as he hogs the limelight. Have they, have they got something to plug or something? Why is, why is Colleen trumpeting on about some boring old rubbish? Like, you know, he didn't put the bins out and he won't do housework. What is this? Are they trying to sort of sell them as some new classy family? I think not. I see the driver caught on CCTV waving a gun has been jailed for 18 months. Daniel Kloska. What a buffoon he turned out to be. What an idiot. He pointed a handgun at two people in the car behind him after a row in Edmonton. You silly little girl's blouse. His Audi was identified using number plate recognition and uh, a week later was impounded. A bag containing a large amount of cash was also found because we all go around with large amounts of cash, don't we? He comes from Bedford. He was arrested in June when he went to the police station and asked for his car back. He's even more stupid than he thought. Anyway, 18 months in prison. It'll sort you out, Popsikins. Don't need to worry about anything else, do we? Uh, also, Uber sex attacks cover-up. This is in all the papers today. In all the papers. The more you read about Uber, the worse it seems to get. Police now claim Uber is failing to report sex attacks by its drivers against clients for fear of damaging its reputation. The Tap and Ride app in 20 UK cities claims to be the safest ride on the road. And Inspector Neil Billany, head of the Metropolitan Police's taxi team... The, ta- the Metropolitan Police got a taxi team? Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, I didn't. They claim at least six sex attacks on London customers were not reported by the firm. One allegedly involved a driver who went on to commit a more serious sexual assault... Yeah, Lord above. I mean, you take your life in your hands, don't you, nowadays? But uh, it's a shameful cover-up, says Caroline Pigeon. Transport chiefs will take it into consideration. Take it into consideration? What, people are being attacked and you'll take it into consideration? Small wonder in the bloody mess we're in at the moment. Also, we found um, the largest volcanic region in the world. I thought it was Lanzagrotti. Because that really is the dump of all dumps, I'm afraid. I wouldn't be going there any time soon. It's a volcanic island. If you look down the middle of Lanzarote, it's all volcanoes. Um, they're, not, they're not active. Shame, really, but there you go. But they found the, uh, the largest volcanic region where buried under the ice of the South Pole. Wow. But this can't be the largest volcanic region. They say here they've discovered... Oh, my God, it might be, actually. 91 volcanoes ranging in height from 100 metres to nearly 4,000 metres in the West Antarctic Rift System. And they reckon it's the densest concentration of volcanoes in the world. The biggest volcano in the world is Yellowstone Park. That's the biggest volcano in the world. If that thing blows, it takes out America. But uh, the results do not show if the volcanoes are active. Previous studies suggested volcanic activity has occurred there in warmer period so could increase if Antarctica's ice thins. Isn't that amazing? Didn't they do something a while ago where they said oh, buried under Antarctica is a lake 
And it's something like so many miles down. They found it through x-rays and everything else. I remember thinking, gosh, I mean, do you think there is a, another life down there? Do you think there are fish? And it's all living. It's like journey to the centre of the earth. Could it be like that? Volcanoes are amazing. That's why I used to think that Yellowstone Park was a fascinating place, because it's such a big volcano. It is enormous. They just go, oh, it's nice, isn't it? You must watch a documentary on, on Yellowstone Park. Also, I, I, I was going to buy a film the other day. I had a thing about we were singing songs. We couldn't remember songs that Danny Kay sung until I went on to YouTube and typed in Danny Kay at the Palladium. He came over here to do shows in London and he, he was absolutely wonderful. And we couldn't remember whether he sung Thumbelina or whether he didn't sing because I think he played Hans Christian Andersen. And uh, I thought he was great. Absolutely brilliant. And then we started going for other songs. And I said, there was this other one, this old man. He played two. He played knick-knack on my shoe with a knick-knack paddywhack. Give a dog a bone. This, and that was sung. It was probably sung before that. But it featured for me in a film called The Inn of the Sixth Happiness. The true story of Gladys Aylwood, who was a, a missionary who went out to China to help the children out there, of which there were many orphaned children. And it's a great film. And it's this song features at the end of the film as she brings the children over the mountain. And uh, it, it's a bit sound of music, but it's it's super. It's a really, really great film. So I thought, I must go and buy that today because I remember it being a good film. And I remember the kids at the end. They've been through loads of things. They've been through wars and they've been they've seen atrocities. But at the end, they, they come through good and, the, and all the people are there waiting to see them and they come over the mountain. And it's one of those feel-good movies and it's a feel-good piece where, you know, you just go, yes. And uh, a true story of Gladys Aylwood. OK, we'll take a short break. More of your texts and emails in a moment. 84850 steve at And don't forget, quarter to six this morning, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, uh, to get your hands on a DAB radio. And it's not going to cost you a penny piece. How generous am I this morning? LBC News Time, 5.30, with the latest headlines, Simon Conway. The White House, Hello. on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to uh, six. Latest figures show the growing crime wave. 50 Romanians arrested a day. Uh, they say in London, 7,355 were detained in 2016, followed by the West Midlands, uh, way down, 2,600. Thames Valley, 1,400. And Bedfordshire, 642. In Greater Manchester, where a total of 533 Romanians were arrested, eight pulled in for rape, one for slavery-related charges, and nine for human trafficking. They've also got begging, violent assaults, prostitution, child sex attacks. And um, in the last four years, the numbers of crime suspects from the Eastern European nation have soared by 16%. I mean, people have gone to prison for murder. Uh, there's all sorts of people. There was uh, two here. Uh, who were each jailed for 14 years after they were convicted for trafficking a 14-year-old girl. Is the whole of Romania like that? I mean, is it, is it sort of is it the crime capital I've kind of missed out on? But um, there was one here who was driving... A, he's a murderer. He was driving a, a Bentley Continental. He then fled the scene. He'd been high on alcohol and cocaine when he committed the offence. It's unbelievable. However, the other story is the, the model, uh, Chloe Ayling, obviously getting not maybe the best jobs in the world. This one... Uh, says she fears she may still be hunted down and killed by the online slavery gang. I mean, how you ever prove any of this is totally beyond me. Uh, the mother of one uh, was lured to a bogus assignment in Milan. She's a glamour model, remember? Uh, where she was abducted by a gang supposedly called Black Death. Ever heard of them? Me neither. Ms Ailing from Coolston was stuffed into a suitcase and held for six nights. 
She said yesterday, it's amazing, she's, it's all coming back slowly but surely, that although her abductors have said they don't kidnap mothers, an online auction to sell her as a sex slave for £270,000 would still go ahead as there was a lot of interest in her. I don't know why you'd be paying 270000 when I'm led to believe that uh, people who are sort of used as sex slaves, you don't pay them anything at all. There's no auction for somebody. You just sort of grab somebody and that's what you do. She said one of the kidnappers demanded a ransom for her release. But you've already told us that uh, they don't kidnap mothers. I mean, I, I can't quite, quite work out which bits are right. She says the kidnappers told her she was lucky as only six girls had ever been released from the thousands taken by Black Death. Good God, there's more than we thought. And this was because their parents had paid their ransom, although no ransom was paid for her at all. And the bloke who uh, the police are talking to uh, apparently claims he had leukaemia. Um, and uh, apparently Lucas Herber, who comes from Oldbury in the West Midlands, has given police the names of nine other men in the plot, according to reports yesterday. Of her abduction... She said, uh, I felt an arm come around my neck from behind. I tried to scream, but a gloved hand was covering my mouth and nose. They dragged me to the floor. I just gave up. I thought, I'm not going to get out alive. I felt trapped and then everything went black. And uh, Herbert told me he was an assassin for Black Death. It's all a bit... It's unbelievable, isn't it, really? As I say, everybody seems to... People don't seem to be believing her at all. They seem to be very suspect about the whole thing. I'm sure the truth will eventually come out and we'll find out what it is. The Hollywood psychotherapist is in the papers today offering hope to survivors of the Grenfell Tower tragedy. A bit blowing late, isn't it? A bit blowing late. And so you get a few people turning up in a room and um, this man is helping them overcome the disaster. Don't we have anybody in this country? This is a Hollywood psychotherapist. Is there, is there nobody here or is this just some sort of old hooey? Community leaders said people have been suffering in silence. You've ended up as well with Lizzie Cundy for some reason. I can't imagine what she does. What qualifications does she have to deal with people like this? It's awful, really, isn't it? And have anybody seen this meteor shower that's been up in the sky? I seem to have missed this one as well. And, uh, and I was quite desperate to see it the other day. They said, there's this meteor shower. It comes round every so often. And, uh, and I didn't see anything at all. I was very, very disappointed. Uh, also, um, this is uh, a furious bride to be snapped after a row with her fiancé, drove for three and a half miles with him on the bonnet of her Range Rover. Shelley Bertram was drunk, big surprise, reached speeds of up to 70 miles an hour, and then braking to try and throw him off the, the bonnet. He's quite clearly a sick person. She'd been banned from driving for 18 months. I mean, she should have gone to prison, but it's been suspended for two years. Uh, she's ordered to pay £1,200 costs. I mean, as, as usual, another sad, pathetic little drunk. You know, this man could have been killed. And all she gets is a suspended sentence. Small wonder the law is an ass in this country. We're obviously not sending out the right message to people. So people go, oh, you can do that. And they'll just sort of highlight a case and say, well, this person never got anything, did it? They just got 18 months suspended, but he, he could have died. I suppose the lucky thing was that he wasn't. Eunice Stubbs, five things she can't live without. I don't know. She's got three sons and six grandchildren. She's 80 now. She starred with, uh, with Cliff Richard. Um, she's very close to her son, she says. Uh, also, she likes Dover Street Market. She thinks birds are fascinating. She likes cuddles, but I shouldn't imagine there's probably too many of those apart from children and sketchbooks. And she's sold several of her portraits at the Royal Academy of Art, including one of actor Benedict Cumberbatch. 
And uh, that's, that's another reality show, isn't it? They do on the television where people go out there and they start painting and doing all the things that they're, they're supposed to do. And they love it. I can't paint for toffee. Absolutely can't paint for toffee. I wish I could. I really wish I could. But I can't. I'm just blooming useless. <laughs> I think it's a gift. It's like people playing... I watched a, a YouTube video the other day of a little kid who was about eight years old playing the piano... Like, I've never heard anybody play the piano before. Absolutely unbelievable. And playing with, you know, with a, an orchestra and a band and everything else. And everybody else going, is this some child genius? And you think, well, Shirley Temple was a child genius. Unfortunately, she didn't make it beyond childhood. She was only, she was only famous while she was a child. It didn't, didn't sort of work as she went into adulthood. As indeed it doesn't for many other people. Steve, I remember driving down Highgate Hill, a steep hill in North London, and St Paul's dominated the skyline. Was it Boris Johnson who said he wanted to see more skyscrapers and make London more like New York? So I sent a letter about it to the Evening Standard, saying London had evolved over a thousand years. Skyscrapers were created in New York City because it was a, a long, narrow island and there was nowhere to go but up. Letter wasn't printed. St Paul's now hidden among the clusters of uh, skyscrapers, says Shirley. It is. I mean, if you go over there, it's all London is now. Cranes. Blocks of flats. Cranes. Go out of Waterloo Station, if you can, uh, on a train... You know, it's, uh, I always manage to every morning. And all you see is flats being built. Flats, flats, flats everywhere. And it's, Battersea is terrible, isn't it? I mean, it's absolutely, I've never seen so many cranes and so many, as you drive out of Waterloo Station on the right-hand side, it's just all blooming flats. I mean, if, if there's 20, there's probably 30 out there. All blocks of flats, they give them all posh names, you know, sort of, you know, Battersea Heights or something like that. And then we've still got the, um, the Battersea Power Station, that's being done as well with all those very expensive flats. I just think about the poor people and service charges. That's all I think about now. I just think about, my God, they're going to rook you for that one, aren't they? And all these flats going up, and some of them are just dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, Ken says, The Inn of the Sixth Happiness starred Ingrid Bergman. Yes. And Peter says, Lanzarote is a beautiful island. You don't have to swill beer and eat pine chips. There are wonderful places. We didn't see them. I thought it was a dump. I seriously did. The place is just full of volcanic ash. God, you can cut your feet to ribbons crossing the road. Ghastly place. Ghastly place. But there again, luckily everybody's got an opinion. Some people probably love it. They probably go back year after year after year. But it's not called Lanza Grotty for nothing. Take my word for it. Uh, not, not interesting enough. Although I did see somebody the other day on the television. Who was it? It was a real sort of naff, chavvy family. They said, oh, we like to go to Barbados every year. I thought, oh, God. That's a place to avoid, I should imagine. Don't forget, four minutes time. I can offer you the chance to... Uh, to uh, own a DAB radio, if you don't have a DAB radio. And uh, this one I, th- I think you'll, you'll like very much indeed. I'll tell you about the row over the sexist Clark shoes. I don't get this sexism thing nowadays. Like the other day, we had a mum who was now a dad, and a dad who was now a mum, and a four-year-old being brought up as, um, as gender-neutral. Small wonder kids are screwed up. They don't know what's going on in their life, do they now? So it's sort of boys who grow their hair long, and then they think they, they can be... You know, they, they can be either sex at four, at four years old. It was obviously all a bit different in my time. You had to sort of get there and then sort of you decided what you were, I suppose. But I'm, I sort of watch all these programmes now and I think we're living in, in the time of man be pan. But very shortly, you won't be able to put male toilets up there or a picture of a man because it'll have to be for everybody. They have it on the traffic lights down at Trafalgar Square. They've got um, all, all different people crossing the traffic lights. They're sort of gender friendly. I mean, like, seriously, what sad people worry about that? What do you think? What, what, what sex are crop circles? Do they have a sex, do you think? Do you think the little green men who come to... Sorry, green, probably not the right colour. Perhaps they could be pink. Who knows? They're probably gender neutral. 
And they come down and they make crop circles. No, they don't. Uh, but it's interesting, actually. Normally, you sort of mention crop circles on the programme. People go, excuse me, I think you will find that they're made by extraterrestrial beings. And those people we put in the rubbish bin because they're so stupid. That uh, No, students again. And we've not had one for ages. It's taken a long while. But the one thing, as I pointed out earlier on to you this morning, is the fact that this poor farmer has lost eight tonnes of grain due to this vandalism by a group of students. And we know it's students because it just is. OK, that's you know, it's a proven fact over the years that it's students with a piece of rope and a, and a half a broom handle and a torch and a piece of graph paper. And that's what they do. But uh, she's lost eight tonnes of grain. That's her livelihood. Somebody somewhere must know who these people are. They should be arrested, put into chains, I think. And, uh, and we tie them to the banks of the Thames, as indeed we used to. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Actually, I've yet to find in London, I know I know roughly where it is, I think, Execution Dock. Execution Dock was sort of quite famous because it did what it said on the tin. It was the place where people would be in the pub over the river, which I think was put up specifically for it, or certainly around that area anyway. And they would chain these poor felons up who'd be there at low tide, and then they'd just wait for the tide to come in. And that And that was it. You know, that's why it was called Execution Dock. They used to hang all sorts of people down there, especially pirates. Pirates are very popular in the early days. I they should bring it back again. I can think of loads of people who, you know, we've got pirates now, haven't we? Terrible. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, don't forget, stand by, because I'm going to need your help in a moment as I offer you the chance to win a fantastic DAB radio. And it's not going to cost you a penny piece. It's, it's so simple. It's, even I could manage it. Even I could manage it. But uh, quick time check for you. It's quarter to six. Heavy company, 12 minutes to six. Here's your opportunity to get your hands on a lovely DAB radio. And uh, you don't really have to do anything too much for this. All you have to do, it's this simple, is go to the LBC webpage, which is lbc.co.uk. You scroll down a little bit. And then there is a bit which says competitions and features. I'm a feature. Enter now. Win a digital radio with Steve Allen. You don't have to pay for it. All you do is you click onto that. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? Oh, it's got it's a pure one, which is very nice indeed. So um, it's worth £99.99, but you can get it for free. All you have to do, it's got it's one button control, five dedicated preset buttons. It's the pop MIDI and if you've never had a digital radio, you're going to like this one. It's very nice indeed. And uh, what we'll do, you'll be entered into the prize draw. There's a simple question. I'm not even going to help you with the answer. I think it's too embarrassing. Too embarrassing. And uh, and you can read that as well. And then you click on next. And you just fill in some, some details. And that's it. And then you get... Don't cheat. You're not allowed to enter it. Producer's now trying to get his hand on the radio. I shall have him... I shall, no, not, you're not allowed to, are you? You're exempt... You're exempt for so many things. So uh, have a go with that, and you could be the person who walks away with my digital radio, which I'm, I'm willing to give to you because I'm that good today. So it doesn't cost you anything at all. So just go to lbc.co.uk, fill in the answer to the question. I'll try not to... It's, it's not really a difficult question. <laughs> if somebody gets it wrong, I should be furious. And, um, and then just fill in the details, just click on the next button, all the rest of it, and, and then you'll be entered into the, into the prize draw. OK, good luck for that. At, uh, at 10 to 6 on a Monday morning. It's always nice to have something, isn't it? I always feel, you know, and especially when it doesn't cost anything. It's always good fun. So you could just do it for free. I don't know whether or not... I don't know how many entries you can do. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. That's the bit I'm never too sure about. But, uh, is it just the one? Just the one. 
So try, try not to get the answer wrong, please, to the question. But uh, no money changes hands. Not on this programme. Uh, somebody says, have you tried Greg's Steak Bake? Don't be so ridiculous. Why would I try Greg's Steak Bake? I of course, it's very nice. It's student fodder, isn't it? It's for poor students who can't afford proper things, like sort of fillet steak and stuff like that. It's just what it is. It's it's sort of like a pasty, isn't it? It's got steak and a sauce, I'm assuming, in the middle of some puff pastry, which actually sounds quite delicious. But I don't I wouldn't want one. I know that students swear by it. They always, in fact, most students know the entire menu in Greg's. They know exactly what they, I tell you what they do do. It's very nice. They do a, a bacon and sausage roll. You know, little little sausages. I think you get three in there and a piece of bacon. It's quite nice, actually. But again, not good for you. It's not good for you. But students don't worry about things like that because students don't put on weight. Well, not all students. Quite a few students do as well. Uh, Big brother Sarah's faking it. I think Sarah <laughs> Sarah Harding's been faking everything in her entire life. Uh, Aunt McPartland in all the papers today. Telling of rehab torment. But it's what they've got to go through. If you really want to come out the other side... Um, then you have to you have to go through things and you have to you just have to put up with them. Afraid if you don't want to do that, well then fine, don't do it. But I think he's actually doing it. I think he's actually doing it, and I think he'll be absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Uh, two contestants were removed from Channel 5's Make or Break after sparking a fight night. It's because it's full of chavs. That's the trouble. It's sort of people who get a bit drunk, and they you know they they can't string two words together, so they fight. Apparently, one person threw hot coffee over one of the uh, blokes. Uh, somebody's been labelled uh, a drama queen, a fake and a wannabe. Well, they're all wannabes, aren't they? That's what people go onto these shows for. They don't. Get, if, if you've got a normal life, you don't go onto a reality show. It's for desperados. It's for people who don't have anything. Look at Sarah Harding. She's obviously never met people before in her entire life. She said the other day that she couldn't cope in the Big Brother house because it was people. And uh, she's obviously... That's why none of her boyfriends last. They, they last a very short space of time. I was only saying that to Danny Dyer the other day. Only about six weeks, wasn't it? But uh, poor old Sarah Harding. She sits there, Billy No Mates, in the corner, sobbing, trying to get through it. But at the same time, she can't leave because the bookies have got her odds on for winning. Which is good news. Uh, here's uh, Amir Khan. He's now a doting dad, they say in the paper. I don't think so. I'm sorry. No matter which way you uh, you sell it. Uh, they say since his marriage ended, he's now been reunited with his daughter. Yeah, it's all the other things that he gets up to, isn't it? Not the most pleasant person. Uh, also, what's that a picture of? Jamiroquai. Good God, Jamiroquai is not still around, is he? Jamiroquai is still around. That's exciting. He's uh, He wants to play in Japan... Uh, J.K. says he didn't feel safe visiting the country with a controversial leader. This is Kim Jong-un. He says, we've got a gig coming up in Japan soon, but it worries me a bit. We've got two fruitcakes with their fingers on the nuclear button. It's a bit selfish, really, says the man with odd hats. He said about two foot tall. I didn't realise how small he was, actually. I thought he was tall. He used to go out with Denise Van Alten. Uh, not, not now, he doesn't. Uh, uh, also, Stormzy may have some competition when it comes to girlfriend Maya Jama. Again, a bit of a blank on that one. I think, actually, Sheila Fogarty knows more about Stormzy than I do. I've heard her talking about Stormzy. She's always got a very eclectic uh, music thing. Does she interview him? Does she really? <laughs> Lord, earth did they talk about? Stormzy and Sheila Fogarty. There's a, I mean, there's a, there's a Stormzy's... Oh, he called LBC. And so he called out LBC on his album. So they invited him on. So he came on. And did he go on to... Um, wow. So, uh, 
Uh, a caller to Sheila Fogarty said that grime artists, I don't even know what that is now, I just thought it meant dirty, like Stormzy, Skepta and Wiley are responsible for glorifying night cri- uh, knife crime. So uh, so there you were. I mean, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Really? See, I don't even know what grime artists are. I just think it means it's it's all different music, isn't it? And that's why, you know, when they say, oh, Louise Redknapp's going to go into the charts. I don't think so, dear. I think you're so out of touch with uh, with what sort of music there is around. What is it about the Roonies? Why are they back on? Are they, why have they sort of tarted Colleen up? Because you know damn well it's not her. She's happier with her face. You know, they, they've completely airbrushed her face to make her look completely different. They've given her a colour. And normally she goes out there looking like Chief Chav, which is uh, which is basically what she is. Uh, also, Sunday brunch chef Simon Rimmer. None of you will know who he is. The programme has got a very, very small audience. And it's on Channel 4, so it's an even smaller audience. And he's signed up for the new series. I don't quite understand. If you if you want to be taken seriously, the one thing you don't sign up for is a programme like that. Perhaps he's desperate. Perhaps he's desperate for some sort of attention, thinking, you know, that this will... I mean, it will give him some attention, but nobody knows who he is. Because the people who watch Strictly, I shouldn't imagine, have ever heard of Channel 4. They've got no idea what it is. They probably think it's some some sort of little lonely channel somewhere. Well, it is for some of their programmes. Uh, Rosemary Schrager, may need to eat humble pie, the jungle star, claims there are too many cookery shows on the box. She said it's ridiculous. So she's now signed up to be a judge on the big family cooking showdown. Why? Because she's desperate for the attention. Desperate for the money. Desperate for anything at all. And uh, she's on there. They've got all... T- I mean, when you look at the shows, Bake Off, MasterChef, Celebrity MasterChef, Saturday Kitchen, Sunday Brunch, Nadia's British Food Adventures, Paul Hollywood's Pies and Puds, Mary Berry, Every Day. I mean, they're all they're all on there, aren't they? I was watching this Sunday Brunch programme the other day, and it was so funny to see Lee Ryan on there. And uh, Lee Ryan was on together with people I've never heard of, and uh, they sort of cook this food, and they have people... One, one of the blokes on there said... Some- what did he say? He used a trade name... For something. He used a trade name. And I think it might have been Mr Rimmer who said... He said, you've obviously not done the programme before. He said, um, other... other. I think he said Tupperware. That's right. You, you, you put something in Tupperware. And he said, other things are available. And he said, what? He said, I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. Because <laughs> they're funny about that on television. Blue Peter used to be the classic idiots of all time. There's a programme that's plumbed some new depths. And... Um, it's not as good as it was. Blue Peter was big in its day. Big, 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 big. Now, you know, and then they used to go, and here we are making something uh, with a box, and this is a washing-up liquid bottle. It's a fairy bottle. Get on with it. Faffing around. And this is some sticky-back plastic. It's Fablon, OK? You know, but they weren't allowed to do it because they thought it was advertising. By the time you got to Ready, Steady, Cook, they were doing product placement all over the place. EastEnders, product placement. Everywhere. It's like, you know, how could you possibly go into the corner shop and not have it stocked with cigarettes and branded stuff that you've seen everywhere? They seem to have different things now. It's as if, you know, all they have to say is, listen, Kellogg's are not paying us to use a cornflakes box. You get some people sort of thinking that they're being paid for it. It's just that that's what it is. You know, when poor old Anthea Turner, whatever happened to that career, made the Tracy Island, she never came up with the idea. She was just the presenter, had to present it. Somebody else was far more cleverer. Than, uh, than she was. Uh, what else we got this morning? What else we got this morning? We've got... Um, I do feel sorry for Ant McPartland. I really do. He's a, he plays his life out. The funny thing is... This is really interesting. In The Sun this morning, they've got uh, an interview with Ant McPartland um, on his telly return. And um, Dan Wooten, who sort of is... I don't know what he is, but anyway, he's sort of... Uh, 
<laughs> desperate to be famous. But he says, I was left with no doubt about why Ant courageously chose to speak to me about his battles with addiction and depression. Strangely enough, the feature is done by somebody called Simon Boyle, the associate bizarre editor. So which little bit did Dan Wooten do? Rumour has it in the business, he just gets other people to do the interviews and then he sort of puts his, his name to it because he's the editor. But, in fact, uh, Ant's spoken to loads of people. Hate to break it to Mr Wooten, who looks as though he could sort of fall apart any time now. But uh, stars and fans hail his decision to talk. Well, what do you think? He was never going to talk about it. Ridiculous thing. Of course he was going to talk about it. That's what he does. He's in the entertainment business. They talk. They talk. Celebrities talk about things like that. That's what gets people through it. Uh, Steve, you've got to try Morrison's foot-long sausage roll, says Paul. I think not. I think not. I don't think there's anything that would actually get me to eat a foot-long sausage roll. I just want... I want to go back to the days when a sausage roll was a sausage in in a puff pastry roll, not this meat stuff that seems to have been concocted somewhere. God knows where. But, I mean, some of it, the ones I've had on Waterloo Station are disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. As I say, if they've got... I'd like to get them analysed, find out if there's any meat in there. Does Auntie Enid have a pure digital radio? She has nothing that's pure. Not at her time of life, I'm afraid. She's not allowed anything like that. Everything's been taken away from her. Anyway, coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock this Monday morning, the 14th of August. Don't forget to be in with a chance of uh, getting hold of that uh, digital radio. Just go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. You'll see me on the front page, right-hand side. Just go down there, fill in the details, and uh, you're entered into the prize draw, which is lovely. Um, Somebody said, any chance of a photo of the inside of your famous boot? Says Howard. I think not. It's too embarrassing, even by my standards. The Met Firearms Police given head cameras after the shooting fury. Muhammad Ali's life story made into a stage musical. Left-handed children are still penalised. And the war on heart death. Seven million people go undiagnosed. Are you one of them? Get yourself down the doctors. It needs sorting. This is LBC from Global. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Monday, 14th of August. Why would you want to live in North Korea? Seriously, I'm watching it and I'm thinking the only reason people join the army out there is because you get fed. The rest of the country starves, of course. There's areas where they use for killing people who don't kowtow to the little short fat bloke with a silly haircut and the sticky out ears who hasn't got the faintest idea what's going on. But they have an interview, which I read the other day, with a defector. And he said, let me explain to you what life is like. Living under this regime, nobody suffers as much as the people of North Korea. But the trouble is, what can they do? They can't go anywhere. They can't get out. They're now saying all the Brits should get out. How many people are there? What would be the purpose of going to North Korea? But uh, I suppose, really, it's a case of, you know, you're in there, but now they're saying you need to, to get out. Because just in case... And there is the chance that this thing could go pear-shaped. There is the chance that uh, Kim Jong-un could actually do something ridiculous, you know, to the rest of the world, and Trump will then pick up on it. And before you know where we are, hello, different programme. Steve, I'm not a vegetarian, but I did have a Linda McCartney mozzarella burger the other day. It was fantastic. Other vegetable burgers and vegetarian burgers are available. You see, I I don't have a problem with vegetarians. I just don't want to go out with them or anything like that. Obviously, if you go round to somebody's house who's vegetarian, they're not going to be cooking meat for you. You've got to eat what they eat. And yet, if they come round to your house and you're doing lasagna, you've got to do something special for them. Why? Why? Don't eat it. Just sit there and eat vegetables. Otherwise, very boring. Marks and Spencers do lovely sausage rolls at their deli counter. We don't have a deli counter. 
Not the one, not, not that I've noticed, anyway. And they do black pudding sausage roll. Ugh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Do not push me on the black pudding issue. We've had it. We've had nice black pudding said. I'm sure it's delicious. I just can't quite bring myself to do it. There is white pudding, isn't there? And I can't remember what white pudding is, is made of. Talking of sausage rolls, making me hungry, Steve. Living in Dubai, there are a couple of things I crave, and one is a good Cornish pasty. Oh, you can't beat a good Cornish pasty. See, why can't you get something like that? A friend of mine opened an English shop in Vienna. Food shop. Uh, selling things that the Brits miss, like Marmite, like peanut butter, like just sort of things that you saw on your own shelf. Because we're not willing to adapt, are we, when we go abroad? That's why when you go to Lanza Grotti... All the uh, all the places around all the seaside resorts, you know, full English breakfast. Nothing to do with local food at all, which is uh, which is what we don't uh, don't do. Uh, Steve, I drove to South End yesterday. Just have fish and chips on the seafront. Worst fish I've ever tasted, and the chips were pre-frozen. Sticking to our local chippy in Muswell Hill, says Dallas. Yes, probably best actually. But I always think that in in seaside resorts they don't need to worry about it because it all it all tastes different anyway, doesn't it? When you're when you're eating it by the seaside. See, I think you can't beat chips, a bag of chips by, by the seaside. It used to be a bag of chips. Now it comes in a polystyrene box. It's a right pain, isn't it? At least with a bag, you could sort of crumble it up afterwards and throw it away. But you don't, you don't find a, a bag of chips anymore. You just get a polystyrene box. Or worse, a cone. A cone of chips. But that's best when you're sitting eating it, looking out to sea. We had good chips the other day. Paul Smith and I, we went out to a fish and chip shop in Richmond. Uh, which was just up Richmond Hill a little bit. Well, not really up the hill at all, but it was it was sort of it was very nice, and it was cooked to order, which is what we've got that in our fish and chip shops in Twickenham. They cook to order, which I think is is much better. I don't want something that's been sitting there for a while. But the chips were really good. They were actually sort of crispy chips. Whether they're double cooked, I don't know, but they were they were particularly delicious. Partic- but you're right. If if you go into fish and chip shops now, it's you know people very rarely do people actually. Uh, do potatoes, but round our way they actually have in sacks of potatoes, and they it's the only way you're going to make any money, isn't it? Really. Um, what do we got today? Well, the the papers, uh, the one of the uh, stories in the Sun this morning is on the health secretary Jeremy Hunt. He's had a toilet and shower suite put in his new office. Office. Wait, wait, wait for this one. Wait for this. He's had a new new shower. It's very pretty. It's very nice. He's ordered twenty two billion pounds of cuts in the NHS. How much is this bathroom just cost him? The toilet and shower suite. So it's this private bathroom, floor to ceiling state slate tiles, sensor activated lights so he can freshen up undisturbed. He cycles into work. And this little piece of kit has just set us back £44,000 for a bathroom. Well done, Mr Hunt. You really are. £44,000. And yet he wants £22 billion NHS savings. I mean, seriously, are you living in Doolally land? I mean, the plumbing was 10 grand, the building works 6, electrical 11, designer toilet, wash basin, vanity unit and shower, 4 grand, carpentry 3, tiles 4, fire door 2 and design and planning charges, £4,000. That could actually pay £44,000. That could pay for two nurses for a year, 10 pacemakers, £4,480 each, Eight hip replacements, eight knee replacements, 169 rounds of chemo, 15 baby deliveries or eight mastectomies at £5,000 each. And you've got it so you can just have a shower and use a posh toilet for £44,000. Shame on you, Mr Hunt. 
Shame on you. Just, uh, I mean, you know, can't you just have a normal... £44,000. How can the design and planning charges be four grand? It's a room with tiles, with a shower, with a toilet. It's apparently, it's a designer loo. It's a toilet. All right. 44 grand. Small wonder we all sit here going, some people just deserve to be kicked out of office. Ten past six. I only mention the time because I think every so often I should tell you what the time is. But traditionally on this programme, I don't want to waste time with telling you what time it is. Because I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I want you to be late. I want you to be late. If you're coming in and we've still got the end of the month to go, haven't we? For the Waterloo uh, trains, which actually I think it's going quite well. I'm obviously um, out on a limb on this one because I'm not coming out of Waterloo Station at five o'clock in an evening when it must be absolutely heaving. But we've got our, our trains at the end there and sometimes they're five or ten minutes late. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I get home. Most of the trains I'm on are empty. Whether or not when the, when the kiddie winks go back to school, which can't be far away, can it? Um, although still on holiday, I don't know. But I, I, I quite fancy the idea the trains are empty. I think that's a, that's a brilliant idea. Let's keep them empty. But they're huge, these trains. It's the walking all the way down the platform. So if they sort of go bing, 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 you think, oh, I'd better get on the train. And then you have to walk, <coughs> excuse me, all the way down the train to, to get to the front of the train. Because I don't want to walk the length of Twickenham platform, thank you very much indeed. Because we're also being sort of done up as well. Here we go. Let's have a quick look. Westminster Council school term and holiday dates. Uh, so where are we up to now? Where... September th- they go back September the third. They get they 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 they're off on holiday until then. Oh, it's summer, summer holidays. Well, I don't think then every day's a holiday for people at school nowadays. They don't do any work, do they? So they don't go back till September the fourth. That's the new school year. God, honestly, ah, oh, you kids never had it so good, did you? rest of us have to suffer. I don't remember enjoying school holidays. As much. I used to get quite bored by the end of the school holiday. I used to think to myself, I'm, I'm quite happy actually to go back to school for the rest. You know, people try to find things for you to do in the school holiday. We just played and then they go, you're going back to school next week and you go, oh great, so your mum would start ironing your shirts and all the rest of it. So Clark's, you know, shoemakers for ages and ages. We all grew up with Clark's shoes, didn't we? Uh, they've been blasted for sexism after naming a girl's shoe range Dolly Babe. I have to be honest, it's a bit naff. Dolly Babe. And a boy's line, Leader. Parents and campaigners have accused the firm of blatant discrimination. Uh, Nicholas Sturgeon said it's almost beyond belief. In 2017, a major company could think this is in any way acceptable. Clark says it's removing the branding from its stores and online. And online, Leader remains on sale. They say we apologise for any unintentioned offence caused. What with that and tampons, and you can't have those advertised anywhere. I mean, because that, that PC complained about them. Although, to be honest with you, actually, you'd think, really, somebody within Sussex Police might have a quiet word with him and tell him, you know, don't be silly, don't draw attention to us. It's bad enough trying to get people to, to sort of phone the police now and complain about things without worrying about the fact that we're all being treated as if we're complete idiots. Ridiculous. Uh, so, for some reason, uh, they've done two pages on Rachel Stevens. I mean, it's a more dreary story. S Club 7 was like God knows how many years ago. There ain't no party like an S Club... Oh, get rid of them, for God's sake. It was awful. She says, hardcore fans want an S Club reunion. Really? Well, all three of them. Who wants an S Club reunion? Nobody, dear. Nobody. But luckily, they've managed to airbrush her to within an inch of her life so that she looks like a completely different person. And they're all doing things. Well, she's really not, actually. Rachel beat beauties because she's on... She, she sort of got the FHM cover. 
Like, who cares? Does that make any difference? You've got the FHM cover. When you look at the people, she, she beat Jennifer Lopez, Kelly Brook and Cheryl to the sexiest women of all time. Oh, grow up for God's sake. What a pile of old rubbish. Honestly. And you believe that, do you? My God, honestly. Small wonder your career never progressed beyond S Club 7. You know, I can't even remember some of their songs. I can't remember any of the songs from S Club 7. I only remember there ain't no party like an S Club party. Reach on up. Or was that Reach for the Stars? Was that Reach for the Stars? Climb every man. Who were them sung in the in the uh, in the group? I don't think she did, did she? I think wasn't it that wasn't the one who sang and the others la la or something? <laughs> yeah, Reach. There you go. Don't stop moving to the disco disco beat. Uh, bring it all back. Never had a dream. That was a bit dreary. Two in a million. Have you ever say goodbye? Natural. S Club party. And then bring the house down. Okay, it's lovely. So there you go. And, uh, oh, they had quite a few. Say goodbye, if only. Uh, bring the house down. Everybody wants ya. Show me your colours. Viva la fiesta. And I really miss you. I'll keep waiting. Summertime feeling alive and gonna change the world. No, I think they should stay away. I think, to be honest with you, we don't need any of that rubbish back again. The charts have moved on quite a bit. LBC News Time, 6.15. Those morning, everybody. 6.21 and a tiny little bit, if you're counting. And uh, in America, somebody says, they teach five-year-olds all sorts of things now. I do you know, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't know where to begin in school time. I don't know. We were talking earlier on about things that you did when you went to prep school if you were lucky enough to go to prep school. Um, and it's where your parents sent you to try and get a better education. Unfortunately, I was useless and failed by 11+. plus. Producer tells me you could do a 12+. plus. So if you failed the 11, you could then do the 12. In my day, if you failed the 11, that was it. You've had your chips. And you had to go and, uh, and be in sort of naughty school for a while. But I, 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 I can't remember, for the life of me, if I enjoyed going to school or not. I remember, you know when you go to school for the first day, and it's your very first day at school... And your parents have been out and they bought you the school uniform. So you get the blazer, the trousers, the shoes, you get the, the dark socks uh, and you get the school cap. And I didn't have a satchel. I had a briefcase. You can imagine, can't you? Clever little old me with a brief. So I'm standing at the bus stop in the morning. I did look like a mini Jacob Rees-Mogg. The worst thing, or little Lord Fauntleroy, it was a bit difficult to tell the difference. So, so there you are on your first day at school, and you think that you look the bee's knees, because your mum said this is what you wear to go to this school. And it's always very nerve-wracking. I remember thinking back now, the only thing I remember from school is the horrible smell of stale food in the corridors. Very shiny lino floors. But, you know, you, you, you're standing there at the bus stop, holding your briefcase with your cap on, and then a couple of other school children turn up, and you look at them thinking, they're not wearing caps. Nobody's wearing caps, and nobody's got a brief. They've got satchels. And so, very quickly, you sort of, you, you learn to take the cap off and tuck it inside your briefcase. And then the briefcase, to make it look as though you were quite hip and trendy, you just tucked it under your arm. Because if you held it, you looked like Dr Finlay going off to do some casebook studies. And so you'd stick it under your arm. And it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. But the first day at school, you go in there, you've got no idea where you're going. And then they make you stand up in class and, oh, God, honestly, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. I feel sorry for kids nowadays. Because in my day, as I pointed out before, and in probably a lot of you's uh, days, when you actually came out of school at 15 or 16, you could walk into a job pretty much immediately. Didn't have to hang around too much. 
Nowadays, there's so much competition for people getting jobs that it's far more difficult. So you keep saying to people, you know, you perhaps you should sort of be a little bit, you know, a little bit more studious at school and sort of, you know, try and learn as much. I was useless. I spent because we had classrooms that bordered. Um, oh, that reminds me, actually, the, the Beckhams have applied for an application to put in a croquet lawn. The Beckhams at a croquet lawn. I only died laughing. I'm sorry, who's going to be using that? Will that be Harper Beckham? Perhaps she can live under a, a croquet hook or, or a hoop. I mean, a croquet lawn, I ask you. What world are they living in? And, um, and we used to have a bit of lawn, and it had a Stevenson screen, which was the thing that... You know what a Stevenson screen is? That's for the weather forecasting. And inside, it's got a thing, and it does the temperatures. And Two, two school kids. Yeah, you had it in secondary... That's right. You took the measure, you pulled the screen down and you sort of took out the thing and it told you what, you know, the temperatures were. And we used to have two what we used to call SWATs who'd go around and we'd look out the window going <laughs> like that at them because they would sort of break this down and you'd write it all down, all the rest of it. And so I'd spend most of my time staring out the window. Seriously. And then occasionally you get the rubber thrown at you from the uh, from the um, from the master or mistress. Uh, depending on who it was teaching the class, and they'd throw it and it would hit you on the shoulder. To be honest with you, it was an assault. And if I'd thought about it properly, I should have really, should have really gone to see a lawyer and uh, had them up in court. You can't throw things at people, can you? It's not it's not done nowadays. So you'd end up with chalk dust all over your blooming... Bl- and you'd think, you... so-and-so. And uh, and if you were really lucky, they'd throw you out of the class. Out! Outside the class! You'd think, fantastic, it doesn't bother me. I'll stand outside the class. Far more fun outside the class. And you'd peer in the window, wouldn't you? Like, can I come back in now? Because yeah, you didn't want to miss out on the education. Small wonder we didn't get what we were supposed to do. Ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, also, oh, there's a feeding ban. There's a feeding ban on uh, Lake District uh, um, in Whitehaven, Cumbria. And they're fed up with dive-bombing seagulls. So they're fining locals and tourists if they persistently feed them. Which they do it round our way. There's a couple of uh, mad people that, uh, that feed pigeons. And things like that. The birds have been known to snatch food from people's hands. And so they say penalties could be issued against those who persistently cause a nuisance by feeding seagulls. Have you seen the size of seagulls? They're huge. Some of them in town. I mean, they're absolutely enormous. They've got like six foot wingspans. And you see them and you think, you wouldn't want to be pecked by one of these things. They've got really dangerous beaks. So brilliant idea. How they are going to enforce it? I've got no idea. They can't even stop people smoking in cars. They can't even stop drivers of these 44-ton lorries going out there and driving with their feet or driving with their elbows or using their phones at the wheel. People seem to be totally oblivious to this using the phone at the wheel. Do you think it's foreign drivers who don't know the law? Is there not something when they drive off the ferries or whatever saying, listen, in this country, do not use your telephone at the wheel? Because they all seem to abuse it. One bloke is, is literally, he's reading a book while he's driving. You'd think he could be sort of intelligent... And sort of get one of those cassettes so you could have one of those sort of books and it's, it's, uh, and you just listen to it. Much, much easier. Much, much easier. Uh, Steve, I'm not usually one for this, but this weekend, this weekend, says Jeremy, uh, my family and I went for a tour of Buckingham Palace and the staterooms. It's truly incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. The old Duke of Buckingham, he knew what to do. I think he had all the IKEA furniture. The Queen shoved in the gold, the gold stuff, making it look a little bit flasher. Oh yeah, it's falling apart though. He says, "I don't think it's fair. People are not out on the grass, but the geese and the ducks are." I think they're fertilising it, Jeremy. I think that's how it works. But no, Buckingham Palace. I did the Muse. It's quite nice. There's something like 700 rooms in Buckingham Palace. 
There must be an army of people. Do you know that on the Isle of Wight, in Queen Victoria's house, which I think was Osborne, wasn't it? Um, when she moved in, and they were there for about 100 days a year, 120, 130 days a year, how many staff were there to look after the little short fat woman with, uh, with all the children? Over 120 staff in there. The reason being, to get the food to the table, they were about half a mile away, the kitchens. The reason being, Queen Victoria couldn't bear the smell of food anywhere. And so the kitchens were as far away as it was possible to keep them. So the food had to come in on heated trolleys. There was a lift, but it was manual. You had to pull the ropes, and she weighed a bit. She had a 54-inch waist, for goodness sake. She wasn't exactly Miss Skinny, was she? And um, and so you look round Osborne, and it's lovely. All the stuff there was was bought by them. There's nothing sort of fake about it. I love it. I was looking at this programme the other day on the telly, and it was called... It was something like Hidden Treasures in this country, of which we have many. Of which we have many. Some lovely, lovely houses, some, some great places to look at. Osborne House was nice, but... Um, it, it was the fact she didn't want the uh, the kitchens anywhere near. But 120 people. And interestingly enough, what's the one thing they don't have in Osborne House, which you would have thought they would have had? And this is a tradition, apparently, which I didn't know of before. If um, if uh, they don't have any china from the day of Queen Victoria, because when the monarch dies, they get rid of all the china for that particular monarch. And so the staff are allowed to take the china. So somewhere on the Isle of Wight, there is probably, you know, plates and plates and plates, and it will eventually probably turn up on an antiques roadshow. This is from Osborne House. This was Queen Victoria's. They have another china service in there, but it it came along a lot later. They've had to sort of invent what they thought it looked like, because they don't know, because it doesn't exist. So somebody somewhere, probably listening now on the Isle of Wight, is thinking, wait a minute, I've got a few pieces of china. My mum used to work as a servant, as a cleaner, and they were all allowed to take a piece of china away. Like a little sort of keepsake for that particular monarch. But I told you before, didn't they... they bur- Victoria spent most of her life in black, poor soul. They buried her in purple. I think it was really to wind her up. It was a case of, you know, we'd bury her in purple because it was a royal colour, but she hated it. Absolutely hated it. OK, listen, we'll take a, a short break. And uh, then we'll come back with the front pages of the papers. More of your texts and emails. 84850, steve at The reason I mentioned Buckingham Palace in the stateroom is because if the kids are still on holiday, the little Twinkies, then hopefully they'll be looking for something to do. I don't know how expensive it is to go around Buckingham Palace, uh, but I should imagine it's probably a small arm and a leg. And you have to pay to go around Windsor. You never used to have to pay to go around Windsor Castle till the fire and all of a sudden, in came the uh, the charges, so they could sort of cover it some way. So, uh, you know, but do something. Nothing worse than bored children. Take them to a museum. I know they sound dull, but I promise you they're not. And I can tell you now that if you're an adult, to go round the state rooms at Buckingham Palace, it's £23. Over 60, £21. Under 17 or disabled, £13. Under fi- I'm under five. It's free. And so if you want... Two adults and three under-17s. That's £59. 15 My God, honestly. <laughs> Small wonder they're richer than we are. Anyway, quick time check for you, because it's 6.30. LBC News time. The headlines with Simon Conway. The US- you know what they're scrapping? You'll never guess this in a million years. Cat's eyes. I remember the man who invented them. Uh, and it was the, the light. It goes down the middle of the road. And they're self-cleaning. Do you know they're self-cleaning? Because it's, they go down and the, the rubber that's around the outside cleans the eye. And so that glass ball inside there does the reflection. Anyway, um, cat's eyes in Suffolk are extinct. 
And uh, because they, they actually put down a sign which says uh, cat's eyes removed. Now, we know what that means. One American, Frances Knobel, said she was stunned when she first saw the, the warning. She said, I had no idea. I had to stop the car and go back to see if I'd read the sign correctly. It didn't make any sense and seemed quite gruesome that people would boast that poor domestic animals were being so horribly mistreated. I mean, that's how dumb they are, seriously. You know, cat size. Because I suppose, actually, they don't... I don't know if they go around the world or perhaps they don't... I thought they were brilliant. I can't remember. That. The man who, who invented it uh, died some years ago, but he made a small fortune out of inventing cat size. I don't know why I mentioned that, actually, because it was sort of one of those stories that cropped up. However, Nick Ferrari, at breakfast this morning from 7. He's back on LBC. UK police have warned that neo-Nazi groups, similar to those in Charlottesville, could attack here at home. How much of a threat is the far right in this country? Theresa May is planning to apologise at her party conference. Will that make the slightest bit of difference? And if she goes, Jacob, Jacob Rees-Mogg is second favourite to succeed her as the new PM. Nick will speak to a columnist who thinks Jacob is the most suited for the job, describing him as the English version of Donald Trump. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 on LBC. It has to be pointed out that Jacob Rees-Mogg has said no. It definitely wouldn't be, uh, definitely wouldn't be uh, him. But as I say, never say never. They'll all be throwing their hats in the, uh, in the ring. Uh, thank you to Patsy. Sorry, I mentioned that earlier on, actually. A nice picture of three of us. Uh, Tony from Little Italy. Uh, Neil and me and her Christmas. Honestly, Christmas, it's just around the corner. I know you're all going, please, it's not. No, it is, believe you me. We're up to the... Fort- Tomorrow will be the 15th of August. It's racing ahead. By the time we've got this, the kids go back to school on the 3rd or 4th, of the 4th, I think, of September. And then we get into October. Then it'll be bonfire night. And then it's Christmas. I mean, how exciting is that? The answer is, for a lot of people, not very exciting at all. But uh, for the rest of it, I don't know what, what, the, uh, what the Christmas is going to be like this year. Normally they make... We haven't had snow for ages. Did we have any snow last year? I realise that up in Scotland, you know, in the places sort of far north and uh, over in the Trossachs and places like that, they always get snow. And I'm always slightly jealous. Down here in London, because it's so warm, we never get anything like that at all. I was sort of cheated out of it. Go, go on, make it snow. And then I suddenly realised, actually, it's a blooming nightmare to drive in the snow. So it's not the kind of thing that we, uh, that we want, is it, really? Although I do. Just pictures of it. Just send me pictures of snow. Uh, Rhys Mogg. Oh, he's back again, actually. This is uh, Jacob Rhys Mogg. He's talking about cut stamp duty now. Uh, Jamie Oliver's wife looking for a sixth child. Do I dreamt about Jamie Oliver last night? Very odd, isn't it? Not normal, I do beg your pardon. But um, they had uh, a fifth child a year ago, and uh, they say, well, he says, he will never say never to another one. They seem to be blissfully happy, don't they? They seem to be blissfully happy. He's very young. He can afford to have a big family. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. So we could have a sixth child. How wonderful. How wonderful. We'd afford six children. But uh, we're all, I think we're mainly girls, aren't we? Mainly girls. Uh, travel websites crackdown. This is front of the Telegraph this morning. These are the travel websites will have to pay compensation and issue refunds for holiday disasters under new consumer protections. Ministers have vowed to address concerns that holidaymakers who book package deals online are not given the same protection as those who use travel agents. So uh, you need to be... Protected. Tony Blair is facing questions over potential conflicts of interest after emails revealed he was secretly on the payroll of a wealthy Arab state whilst working as Middle East envoy. 
I should imagine you'd be horrified how many people are paid by all sorts of overseas people. Enough English, speak German, says the Minister. One of Germany's most prominent politicians has called for a crackdown on the increasing use of the English language. Coexistence can only work in Germany if we all speak German. Told you a friend of mine's over in Spain. And the Spanish don't like speaking English. If you're trying to get through to the utility companies, you get a, you need an interpreter. Because they go, no, it's, you need to speak Spanish. And we, we don't. We're a, bit, we're a bit lazy, aren't we, when it comes to things like that. You can get by with little bits and pieces, but actually a full-blown conversation might be a little bit uh, too much for us. In uh, front of the eye this morning, May back in the fray. She returns from holiday to fight for her political life. The poll reveals less than a third support her staying on at number 10. Reese Mogg denies ambitions to take over as Tory leader. Though it seems every time I open up the, uh, the papers, there's his name again. So who knows? Also, relay good, as in really good. Women and men's teams take medals in the World Championships. Uh, Kim Jong-un is not just another despot. No, this one's desperately unattractive, but uh, with a silly haircut. But there you go. And also, um, summer jobbing, what people earn in their summer holidays. People like to earn money in the summer holiday. Some people don't, they're not bothered about going on holiday or anything like that. They just think, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll just go on, you know, I'll just go and get a job for the summer. And that's what they do. Want to burn a bit, a bit of extra money? Some people just take on a part-time job, so they've got money for their hole. So when you go to the seaside or you go abroad, you can, you know, I've got some money. I'm going to go and buy some things to bring back. That's what people do. Sun this morning hunts forty-four thousand flush fund, forty-four thousand pounds on a toilet. Seriously, that's what it is. It's a very average. It's apparently a designer toilet. Does the same job as all the other ones, uh, and he's got a shower in there as well. And uh, he's got sensor-activated lights. Well, they're quite, we've got had sensor-activated lights for ages in this building. But, uh, and we've got a shower as well. Down, in fact, we've got quite a few showers in this building. Quite a few. Uh, the story of uh, boxing great Mohammadi, Muhammad Ali sorry, being turned into a, a knockout musical. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm sort of... I'd be interested. I mean, I, I can see somebody writing a musical about Muhammad Ali because he was, uh, he was such a character. Whether or not people, you know, nowadays, the sort of people who go to the theatre, are you going to be interested in something about Muhammad Ali? I don't think so. You weren't interested in uh, Bernadette, the people's musical, which ran at the, uh, the Dominion in Tottenham Court Road. I mean, that was a total disaster. It was, you know, it was, it was funded by people who thought they were going to make a fortune, I think. I, I had, used to have a producer whose, money, whose mother put money into it. And I said, did she not think that maybe it wouldn't work, that people weren't interested in a musical about some saint from France from ages ago? And he said, no, no, people obviously thought that was good. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't think it was, actually. Uh, what have we got here? Very quickly, front page of the Sun this morning. New agony for Ant. This is Ant McPartland. All he's doing, it's not, it's not really agony. It's a bit of a misleading headline. Um, he, he wants to make sure his marriage is all right because he's obviously put his wife through it and they want to make sure that, that it's OK. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. I seriously, I said to you last week and the week before that, when the, all this was announced, when it all came out that he had this uh, this addiction to alcohol and other things, I said, you'd never know. You'd never know. He did all the programmes on the television, the Saturday night takeaway. They were doing their dance routines. He had to learn routines. They were blooming complicated. I watched it and I thought, that's why they've got all these awards. That's why they are top of their game. You'd never have known he had an addiction. Is he going to be the same person? I don't know. That will be the, the problem for him, to come back and do it and think, well, I was fun before, 
Uh, you know, it's like people using alcohol as a crutch or medication or drugs or whatever it happens to be. They use that as a crutch because they can't, that they're insecure and they think they can only do it if they're on alcohol. That'll be the thing for him to come back and be the same person he was before and still believe in himself. That, that's what it comes down to. And take my word for it. I've known a lot of people who've turned to, uh, to drink in the business and it's, it's that difficult thing. Can they do it without the drink? like that line in Tootsie where Dustin Hoff- Hoffman said to the girl that he fancied uh, he said um, she, she was saying how much she liked the character she said I really liked her he said, he, he said I, I do too he said uh, you know I just got to learn to do it without the dress because he got the job if you remember he was an actor who couldn't get any work and so he dressed up as a woman never that convincing a woman I always thought but he managed to get a job on a daytime soap and then he was stuck dressing up as a woman for most of his career and uh, and that was it. He wasn't he wasn't drag or tranny or anything like. He was nothing like that. He was just an actor who was who was playing a part. But he said, you know, he just got used to doing it, and he became very famous. People thought that you know she was amazing, but uh, just got to learn to do it without the frock. Big Brother Sarah's faking it. Everything about Sarah Ferguson. Uh, Sarah Ferguson. Well, probably Sarah Ferguson too. Uh, Sarah Harding is fake. Unfortunately, I mean, she's very needy. She's very desperate. Hard to believe, as somebody pointed out the other day, she's 35. You'd think you were dealing with a, with a five-year-old. Uh, the Express today, is the Queen ready to hand over the reign to Charles? No, she will not hand over the reign. She's there until the end. She's already said that time and time and time and time again. Like the story they had the other day about Ku Stark spilling the beans on Prince Andrew. It will never, ever happen. Uh, Fury at plot to get new EU vote. This is fears raised last night that opponents of Brexit will push for a second referendum. And TV's Kirsty charged with drink driving on trip to pick up sons. And uh, that's in most of the papers for today. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll take more of your texts and emails for the end of the programme. We've got a few more papers to go through the, uh, the front pages. But uh, it's what they call... Fairly thin on the ground at the moment, but from the heart deaths, seven million, seven million going undiagnosed. That's the big problem. People who, who don't know that they are at risk of heart disease and left handed children. You see, I'm right handed. I cannot write with my left hand. I know people who are ambidextrous and can do both. But I've spoken to uh, a lady friend of mine who's another presenter in this building. And she said she's left handed and she was penalized. They tried to make her write with her right hand. They thought it was something odd about people writing with the left hand. Curse of the devil, they used to say. Left handed children still penalized now. Still penalized. OK, quick time check for you because it's LBC News time. 6.45, and with the headlines, Simon Conway. The White House is insisting President... Next, 84850. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 7, 14th of August. Uh, the Mirror. Today, the Viking diet. Lose pounds and beat dementia. Riveting, isn't it, really? And uh, it's, it's another one of these diet, whether it works, I have no idea. Because they have to do some sort of testing on that kind of thing. Uh, also, Ant, my fight to save marriage. Stars vow as he leaves rehab after beating drugs hell. He looks fine. He looks fine. He just wants to be, I should imagine, left alone. He's done his interviews. He's done a few little bits and pieces. And um, he'll be fine. He'll just be with sort of friends and with Deck. And they say now, will our marriage survive it? Time will tell. Well, exactly. It's a tough thing. He's been through hell and back. He's still the same person. The marriage has gone, you know, really well so far. Uh, also uh, inside, Jerry, Halliwell as was, Horner now, 45, I want to be a mum again. 
Well, listen, if it followed Jamie, uh, what's it, Jamie Oliver's advice, just keep having children. I mean, six, how brilliant. You know, if you can afford to have loads and loads of children, I, I'm... Hartley go for the idea. I think it's a brilliant idea that people have loads of children. Uh, Mo Farah on top of the world. He's uh, standing on the top of one of the capsules on the London Eye. They've obviously built a sort of platform. That must be quite nice. I wouldn't want to do it. Frighten the life out of me. Can you imagine? I would be quite terrified. I mean, I get terrified standing on a chair. Uh, also, Gaza. Gaza. Good Lord. That's a name from the past. Uh, football legend. Oh, God, that was some years ago, wasn't it, really? Uh, used to help a milkman do his deliveries, says Danny Baker. It's odd, isn't it, really? Uh, Danny says he would stand outside our front door with a roll-up and speak with our milkman. He'd even go out on the rounds with him. Lord. Uh, Gaz has pledged to say alcohol-free. Good. I've heard it before. I've heard it before. Uh, get all Brits out of Korea. Ex-Royal Navy chief's warning over nuclear threat. Admiral Lord West warned there was a real risk that the standoff between North Korea and America could, could escalate into nuclear war. How long would, have we had a nuclear war yet? We haven't, have we? I'm not sure I'll be wanting to look forward to this. He said that telling Brits to leave the region might prompt key nations to take action to prevent conflict. Lord West says maybe China and others will say, goodness me, this is really serious. Well, I think they're probably saying that already, aren't they? It is really serious. Everybody's saying, you know, they're both mad as each other. The Foreign Office says tensions between North and South Korea, remain high, but does not advise Brits to leave. God, it's getting that bad, isn't it? Lisa Maxwell on the bill and the old birds. She said, I had the time of my life on Loose Women, getting drunk and misbehaving, but it made me very lazy. So there you go. And uh, she was with uh, Carol McGiffin. And so that's that's quite nice. Also, the Grenfell families. This is in most of the papers today. Uh, 134 of them still living in hotels. Survivors yet to be rehomed. Why is it taking them so long? Are they just dragging their heels or is nobody bothering with them? Are they just sort of left them to one side? Oh, you'll be all right in a hotel. Wouldn't like to imagine what the bill is for this. I mean, some have resorted to finding a place privately so sick relatives can be released from hospital and kids have a stable home. Nicholas Burton who was with his wife among the last to escape the fire, uh, said homes the council have offered him so far have been too far away or in, in a poor repair. What's the matter with the council? They screwed up big time and now they're dragging their heels over something. I wonder why that is. I wonder why still, all these, all these weeks later, months now, 134 families still living in hotels. It's ridiculous. They must have loads of empty properties that they can use, or properties that they... Can't they put up something temporary, or build something, or do something? At least it would make that. I'm never too sure whether they're totally committed, these people. Uh, so, kids losing the magic at six. That's uh, two years earlier than their parents. Favourites such as... Don't want to depress anybody listening with young people. The Tooth Fairy and Storks, which bring babies, are wiped out by the deluge of reality online. Good Lord. Apparently, imagination benefits parents and kids alike, says uh, Chantelle Hazelden of a blog. So it's true, isn't it? You liked it, but then isn't it just called fibbing? I mean, isn't that what it comes down to? I don't want to sort of ruin it for everybody, but, you know, I mean, you, you all, when you're younger, don't you, you go for, I don't know why we did the stork. The stork was a bit silly, wasn't it? Yeah, the stork brings a new baby. I don't think so. But we like to we like to tell kids that. At what point, now it's six years old, that they suddenly realise that their parents are compulsive liars. Be, but we want to keep the magic going. People get the magic going for us. Why would we not want to keep the magic going for the kids? You know, Father Christmas, the tooth fairy, that was it. You put your tooth under the pillow and at some point during the night, the tooth fairy came and put a threepenny bit in there. Or a sixpence if you were dead lucky. 
You know, nowadays, I'm led to believe it's about a fiver. That tooth fairy must have a really super-duper bank balance. But you, you keep it going. You put that tooth under the pillow because the kids go, ah, ah. They go, don't worry, the tooth fairy will look after you. I don't know why. You can have your teeth set now in silver. They do baby's teeth. You sort of send them away and their back it comes in silver or something like that. But I, I quite fancy the idea of telling kids fibs. I think, why would you want to destroy something like that? They're, only, they're young for, for such a short period of time. That you think, think to yourself, why would we, why would we not, you know, want to keep it going a little bit? I think that's okay, don't you? Obviously, not for everybody, not for everybody. Uh, the uh, the mail today, the verdict, the verdict. Big names, big opinions. It's it's for football fans, so it doesn't interest me in the slightest. Uh, war on heart deaths, blood tests in chemists, and GP waiting rooms. As seven million go undiagnosed, seven million people. I mean, that is seriously. Amazing. Seriously amazing. Millions are to be offered checks at GP surgeries and pharmacies in an NHS drive to prevent heart disease and early deaths. I think so too. Tom Bruce, he goes to do a, a stunt and he falls off. And they go, oh, I mean, you can't at a certain age, I've discovered. You get to a certain age and you can't, you can't do it anyway. You think you can do it, but I promise you, you can't. And he's obviously learned at his age he can't. Uh, left-handed children, sign of the devil. That's what they say now. Historically, being left-handed was associated with witchcraft. Some regarded it as the mark of the devil. Left-handers can struggle using scissors and can openers, primarily designed for right-handers. There are left-handed shops. They do exist. You can buy it online. Around 10 to 15% of Westerners are left-handed. I think you're brilliant. I think that's like people who wear glasses. I think we are superior to everybody else. It's like, I think, people who are ginger. I think are blessed... And red hair. You don't see as, as many red-headed people, but ginger, very common now. Scientists found a higher risk of dyslexia and ADHD and in left-handers, according to a 2010 study. Uh, tennis star Rafa Nadal played better when he switched to using his left hand, despite being right-handed. Famous left-handers, if you're a left-hander, you're a young person, I can tell you that Prince William and Paul McCartney are both left-handers. There you go. Never knew that, did you? And man has been largely right-handed for more than 500,000 years. But apparently children are still penalised for being left-handed. They try and get them to write with their right. And why? What difference does it make? Mind your own blooming business. It's not broken. Don't try and fix it. Uh, the Beckenham Palace bomb site. It's two barns. And the Beckhams are wrangling with the plant. You know what they'll do? Dave, Dave will have a bit of a tantrum. And they'll just say, we don't want it anymore. We don't want it. And they'll just leave it. And, um, and so they've got people who were working on it. Now they're not. All the diggers have, have stopped working. Uh, this is the place. They hope that their nine-bedroom retreat will be ready for them and the children to move into after a £1.8 million upgrade. But uh, it's not to be. I wouldn't mind, but they've got loads of places to live in. They've got about three other places. Well, there were another place in the country for... Obviously, they hate Notting Hill. Can we want to see the country? Of course you do, Brooklyn. Well, you go and see it, love. And um, it's, it's a few minutes' drive, actually. It's near Chipping Norton. Apparently, lots of people go there. Kate Moss, Rita Ora. Oh, God. I wouldn't have, the, wouldn't have that as a recommendation. Thank you very much indeed. And Meghan Markle is also a fan. as an uploaded pictures of herself there on Instagram. So uh, Beckham sold their mansion for about £11 million in Sawbridgeworth. And then they ended up with um, with that. You thought they could have bought somewhere nicer. Uh, the Times, uh, no place for hate. <coughs> Excuse me, this is America Divided. Uh, tributes paid to Virginia, in Virginia, to Heather Hayes, who was killed on Saturday when a car hurtled into a 
counter-protest at a gathering of white supremacists. Donald Trump has been criticised for his response. Arrests of drunken air passengers up by 50%. Big surprise there. I think they should stop people getting on planes. If you've had a drink, it's zero tolerance. You're not getting on the plane. Sit there and whistle. Couldn't care less. May faces backlash over rushed Brexit plans. Decisions railroaded through, says Whitehall. Uh, Also, one in six care home companies is in danger of insolvency according to a report that says the rises in the living wage have driven up costs. And um, Kenya's opposition leader has urged supporters to strike in an effort to overturn the result of the election, which last week returned Uhuru Kenyatta as president. And finally, The Guardian. This morning, Trump under fire from all sides as woman dies at far-right rally. Hammond accused of caving in on customs deal. And, um, And the other one? Nothing. That's it on the front page. That's it on the front page. Why, Dr. Imposter, fake medics aren't as rare as you think. Apparently it's quite easy. Just one. I mean, if you see somebody walking into a hospital with a white coat on and a stethoscope, you think they're a doctor, don't you? They might not be what they appear to be. Thank you for your uh, time and company this morning. Back with you tomorrow morning. Wish you a pleasant day. Hope it's going to be nice for you. And uh, we keep our fingers crossed that the weather's a bit decent. Uh, I'll talk to you at four o'clock tomorrow morning. You can podcast this programme. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download that free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. So uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's Majid Nawaz, who's in for James O'Brien. But up next, he's back. It's Nick Ferrari at breakfast.